And like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we're back. And this is Salt the Streets Podcast. Fuck. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful, Did- Colin. <laughs> well, after you, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is Colin. Uh, I am also Donovan. I'm here. We're the, we're, we're the hosts of the Salt of the Streets podcast. What uh, what episode is this, Don? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my God. 22 episodes I've now fucked it up. Swing so on and a miss. This is, <laughs> this is episode 22. It's July 13th, 2018, 3.10. <laughs> PM. That's not how it, the oh. whole thing just threw me off. I'm really <laughs> fucked up now. It's so powerful. Yeah. That was, uh, well, that's what it is, though. It's episode 22, <laughs> July 13th, 2018, 3.11 PM. It's Friday, also. Another Friday show. Yeah, we're recording early. We're trying another live stream. Yeah. So welcome back, everybody, to the Salts of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday normal person. Join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. Fucking A right, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking A we're, we're right. We're it up. So coming up on this that week's show, oh just God. for you, we're going to be talking Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court, Scott Pruitt uh, resigning. That was back on July 5th, but we kind of didn't quite get to it last week due really to our week off. Week. Yeah. So If you didn't check out last week's episode, 95% of it is up on YouTube. We yeah. have some technical issues, but it's up there at the uh, Salt of Streets YouTube page. Um, but yeah, so we're hitting Brett Kavanaugh going up to the uh, Supreme Court, potentially Scott Pruitt, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the latest and greatest from NATO. President Trump's been over there. Talk a little bit about uh, the British government kind of running in some issues now that the Brexit time is kind of approaching. Yes. And uh, but of course, before we dive into all the heavy stuff, just a reminder to take a second to rate the show on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Yeah. If you like what we're trying to do here, give us a rating and a review. It would greatly help us out, help help out the show a lot. Follow us on Instagram at our official Salt of the Streets Instagram page, and that's at Salt of the Streets. Give us a like on Facebook at Salt of the Streets again. And you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Big Bert Offie. I am uh, at Salt of the Street, singular. Oh, and then I forgot our uh, our personal Instagrams. I'm at Big Bert Offie on Instagram. I am at Alpaca underscore Donovan. Beautiful. And of course, if you want to get into the pre-show, get access to the pre-show, all you got to do is head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Channel. Don't forget to uh, click that little bell icon while you're there to uh, get notified whenever we drop these, uh, hopefully, regular live stream episodes. And, yeah, I think with that, we can dive right in. To the real show. Which yeah. One, which one do you want to talk You want to talk about Scott Pruitt first? Yeah, Scott Pruitt's fun. <clears throat> it should be shorter than all the rest of them, I think. So Could be. I got lots of scandals we can talk about. Oh, you have like a list of scandals? Yeah. Oh, yes. Then it's going to be awesome. Okay. <laughs> so... Um, Scott Pruitt, he was the administrative director of the EPA. Trump, con- President Trump confirmed, um, nominated, and then confirmed. And he had all kinds of fucking scandals going on around him. And we talked about him before mm-hmm. when the scandals were first coming up. That he 
had been flying first class and that he had purchased a soundproof booth in his office and then he gave some of his employees raises after Congress told him not to. A lots of different stuff. And he so also many. used to work for some type of fucking oil company or something, right? What did Scott Pruitt used to do? Something. Oh, no, no, no. Ooh. He was he was the attorney general in Oklahoma. There's an episode of Embedded about him and he... Oh. Nice. Yes, it's a super good episode. Um, and he like sued the EPA before he was the administrator there. <laughs> so check out that fucking episode of Embedded because that shit was crazy. But and Embedded is is an NPR, NPR podcast. podcast. It's That's one right. of the best investigative podcasts I've heard. Like second, maybe only to Serial. Like it's. Is really that the good. okay? Which that's Caliphate, the one I'm thinking of. That's from yeah. the Daily. Serial is about uh, the kid who may or may not have murdered like his ex girlfriend, and then season two was about Bo Bergdahl. Yeah, um, I remember that. And that's, I mean, that it's widely regarded as like the best. Yeah, it's always in the top ten uh, podcasts on at least the Apple Podcast app. Yeah, always up there, along with Joe Rogan. Who has done some amazing stuff lately, by the way. Yeah, that I don't Jordan know if you, Peterson yeah. podcast was rad. Oh, so good. But anyways, yeah, Scott Pruitt. Uh, yeah, Pruitt was elected to Oklahoma Senate in 1998. Yep. Um, Tulsa. Okay. Yeah, he's representing Tulsa and Wagonor counties. Ooh. Dang. That just like pulled up his early career information off Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, and then he was the and then he was the attorney general in Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Got also, him. Also quick shout out to father in law. He's watching over here on Facebook. So Kevin Gino, what's up? Wow. Two thousand three. I'm gonna have to look into this because again it's Wikipedia, so you never know. Yeah. October oh three, while a state senator. Apparently it was a state senator too. Why didn't I know that? I think I knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just talked about it. Yeah, 2001, freshman to the state legislator. Um, but, yeah, he uh, purchased a home in Oklahoma City through a shell company, Capital House LLC. Yeah. In which six partners held equal shares. Wow. This dude's got a long history. Being and then he, just a, he also rented an apartment, yep. a condo from the wife, the wife of a lobbyist for like $50 a day for like he said that it was valued for market value, and I don't know whether or not it really is $50 a day, but it was also only the days that he stayed there, not like, yeah. you know, only nights that he was actually there. I'm saying, Which I is, had that you know, on here. Where's that $50 a day house? Yeah. I got the article pulled up if I need to do that, too. But yeah, he was... Oh, right here. $50 a day. Yeah, $50 per yeah. night last year to live in a Washington condo co-owned by the wife of an energy lobbyist. There you go. Screw that dude, man. Yeah, it's just a lot of really super sketchy behavior that mm -hmm. I don't obviously particularly appreciate from administrators in my government. Yeah, that's like, the kind of stuff you expect from like shady businessmen. Yeah, like Donald Trump, or you know, I mean that you know what I'm talking about though, yeah. that upper echelon of just yeah. you know more money than God type of people that just right. they live in a totally different world, but it doesn't mesh very well with a life of a public servant, obviously. It, you just can't do that stuff with the taxpayer's money, man. No, and that was the thing is that he he was traveling places and, like, choosing to fly first class and, like, charter jets and shit like that yeah. instead of – I mean, there is – I most congressmen and senators and stuff, like, 
travel economy you know i mean like and after those allegations started to come out there was a whole slew of them that would like take pictures of themselves you know flying like regular you know yeah. just in commercial oh, flights yeah, and there and, was that uh because i don't think it's in here but it it was scott pruitt's wife that when they got off their private jet that one time they took a picture and she was wearing like some ridiculously expensive shoes or something like mm. that or she was bragging about them maybe yeah. i got to mix up with someone else yeah. But I have, I found a Fact really check. awesome uh, New York. It's a series of New York Times articles yeah. that I pieced together that have all these major uh, investigations that are going on. And so, yeah, like the the overnight house for fifty bucks a day, the forty three thousand dollar phone booth, um, the yeah. overspending, the possible overspending on security, all the crazy travel expenses, the pay raises, and personal um, with tied to like his personal life yeah you know um just undisclosed email addresses officially undisclosed email addresses oh right right even after hillary clinton and all that he's still Mm -hmm. using yeah you know it's really jacked up dog um we we could touch on that when we kind of dig into it a little bit more but some of the past epa administrators um have come out like the ones that were the administrators under their the obama administration they had come out and were like well that's like Kind of something we all did. Oh, really? So I was like, oh, Uh-oh. really? Okay. But That's yeah, he's just got a bunch of... Where did you hear that from? Uh, from this New York Times article. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like I said, we'll jump into that as we go along. That's wild. But yeah, the, the $50 Sketched. a night house, I think, is basically... There's no better place to start. But yeah. yeah, the EPA Inspector General is investigating that, which is the independent investigator investigatory arm of the epa yeah i don't know how i got that one out that's good that was a mouthful only two tries too yeah right (laughs) and of course the house oversight committee will be is investigating that as well too yes and that's something i thought was really interesting there is on every single one of these uh what's the word um scandals there's multiple investigations going on most of them some of them it's just the the in-house investigatory team, but a lot of them have senatorial and, you know, congressional committees looking into them. Yeah. Uh, but the, the $300,000 phone booth, which it's not what you, you know, it doesn't sound like what it is. The, the sound booth, sound booth. Again, I can't even talk to that. Soundproof booth. Yeah. It's a secure phone booth. Um, that he had built into his office, apparently. Yes. And, yeah, it cost $43,000. and of taxpayer money. Yeah. That's important to say. Yeah, this is all taxpayer money. Everything that the government does is taxpayer, taxpayer money, money, which is whether you raise it through a fundraiser or just literally pull it out of the, the tax funds, it's all still our money. That's why you would like them to use as little money as possible and be as effective as possible. Yeah. And flying first class... I would broader to say is not necessarily necessary. I don't think I'd have a problem with him doing that if he had like a separate bank account that he paid for by himself. Yeah. Like if he got all, if he started a new account to put all of his salary in that and just never touched anything else and then just, you know, put his own, you know, swiped his own credit card and shit. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. And I think that's totally fine. But if it's, if it comes out and, if yeah, if it comes out and he's using yeah. taxpayer money to do that, then fuck you, bro. Yeah, and then that phone it. booth. There was one point I, I wanted to hit that. on that was when I used to work for the federal government, 
they I mean it's very very well known that you do not spend over five thousand dollars without going through a separate process yeah you can't just buy something if it hits the five grand mark you start you know you have to start justifying the purchase a little bit more and he didn't do that whatsoever Mm. for his fucking phone booth just bought it yeah but speaking of security his other one of his other major scandals was his over his possible overspending on security yeah now how much do you remember about his security situation um this is all going back basically since he got in so it's kind of a long timeline yeah no i i remember hearing about that but not you know mm-hmm. how does a 24-hour security detail of at least 20 people jesus christ which was what? three times as large as ones as previous epa administrators had what's, like what's his active concern about that I don't know. It. Like, I mean, why does, why does he need twenty? Like, maybe it's because of all the fucking scandals. Maybe that's, that's the thing. I don't want to like just necessarily say that he doesn't need that because if when you look at all the other hate that goes on, the, the those private personal protests and stuff. But going Mitch on, McConnell doesn't have twenty. Doesn't have twenty armed security no. guards with him. He's by himself with his wife, and his wife is out there telling people to leave him alone. Yeah, so that was pretty funny. That's, and I gotta believe it does the, seem ridiculous. I, I just want to say that they, you know, I'm not. I'm gonna hold just a little bit of a step back, just like a just half in a case step. There's something because I don't know the hundred percent full story. Yeah, but I would say at first glance that looks highly excessive. Yeah, if more people want him dead than Mitch McConnell, then he's into some really <laughs> sus shit. Like, that's what I have to say about well, that. Well, I think he probably is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I was getting another point here. Three inspector general's investigations have been launched into his security expenses. Man. So there's three separate investigations going on just in that department. Man. And now we're having to spend, see, not to interrupt you, but the now more, we have to like, spend money on that. More money to investigate you because you have done this such shit with taxpayer money already. Yeah. Like, what the? Why? Come on, man. What the fuck? You're just fired. Go. That's so frustrating. Although I would like to know how much money was, you know, overly spent, how much he kind of should not have spent. An exact and then, number. Yeah. And then I want to know, I wonder how those councils work. Do, I would imagine that all congressmen and stuff, they're all on salary, I would imagine. They don't get, do they get paid extra for being on a committees? Um, I don't think so, but yeah, I, don't know. I will certainly try and find I out. I want to look into if, that. If Let's fact to, check that. All right. Then we'll say that and we'll say fact check and I'll But that I think I'll would be important that. to look into because it might explain why there's why yeah, there it's a totally different people are trying to be though. on so many different yeah. committees. Not to mention that it's just a, it's it's a way get to places. get status and stuff and yeah. you know, work up the ranks. But that's yeah. a totally different aside. I, I wouldn't think so, but yeah. also I would hope not. But there's a lot of really weird shit that happens. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll look into that on Tuesday. He even brought the, his security detail to travel with his family to Disneyland and to the Rose Bowl game, which I guess, I don't know. I mean, I could see that for, like, the president and, like, the VP. I, yeah, I'd like to know how many how many Secret Service people are, are with Mike Pence when he goes somewhere. Because he yeah. went to, like, the Super Bowl, right? Mike Pence was at the Super Bowl. I want to know, not in the building, because I'm sure there's a fuckload of Secret Service in, like, you know, where they had the Super Bowl. But I mean, like, in his vicinity. Yeah. That's what I want to know. I'd be interested. 
if he's going to go somewhere that, that Scott Pruitt went, is he going to take 20 fucking security Yeah, is Scott Pruitt going to have, like, like, the army with him and the VP's got, yeah. like, half a dozen dudes? That's absurd. It is. I'm not a fan. I'm glad that he's gone. And I, I had tweeted about that when I was... When I heard about it, right, when I heard about his resignation and President Trump accepting it, and the point was raised to me that it's unfortunate that we're praising him for firing somebody that he put into place. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I definitely, when I first, like, brought it up, I, I said, like, this guy never should have been confirmed because he shouldn't have, you know, it's that he should never have been confirmed. There's way too, I mean, his confirmation, I would like to go back and listen to that. Because how could somebody like that that has so many ties to industries that run completely counter to the department that you're taking over? Yeah. I mean, I can understand that getting somebody in there from a the opposite side of you know that industry from a different perspective. But it still doesn't – It the numbers don't add up to how he got confirmed and, except for the fact that it was just along partisan lines and – they got the numbers to get him in. Yeah. But well, yeah, it's just, he should not have ever been the head of that. That just, it's disgusting. No, that's like, like Rick Perry, right? Yeah. Was, was Rick Perry the EPH executive before him? Or mm. what it, because he, like when Rick Perry ran for president, he said that he wanted to abolish the EPA. Yeah. Right. And so, very libertarian move. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Rick Perry, um, was the EPA administrator before Scott Pruitt or if he's like the Secretary of Energy or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Secretary of Energy. So that's what it is. So, yeah. So so the Secretary of Energy probably works. He's probably – Scott Pruitt, I'm sure, would report to the Secretary of Energy. Yes. Or, I don't know, they could. The EPA, I feel like they would probably be somewhere under the same branch, but I could be wrong about that. Some of those, uh, you know, government. It just shows you how big the fucking government okay, is. Okay, so man. that's it. He wanted to abolish the, the Department of Energy. Yeah, and now he's and now he's the Secretary of Energy. I'm like, yeah, what the shit? How does that happen? I want to know all the because apparently he's been slashing regulations for since he got in the door. That's been the whole. That's like what you know. That's why we're drilling what, and everything, right? Because between the Department of Energy and the EPA, yeah. So that's why I think the EPA has got to be tied into with the Department of Energy oh, I'm somewhere. Sure it is because um, yeah, the DOE would be like, "Hey, let's open up drilling again," but then it should be the EPA's job to be like, "Okay, pause button." Only where applicable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can we do this without making it a negative effect? Yeah, not no. to sound like a tree hugging hippie, but oil spills are not good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would think that that you're right that the EPA is overseen by the Department of Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, there are, I'm sure they're intertwined somehow. Um, but it's, I don't know. It'd be a good one to look up. Again, it just shows you how big the fucking government is. Yeah. And it's hard to keep track of everything. It's well, not and, like a, and if you're right about... Like a flow chart. <laughs> and if you're right about the previous administrators of the EPA saying that that's kind of how it happened, right? That just says something really unfortunate about like a precedent being set, you know, that that's what they do. And so when somebody's being kind of read in to being the administrator of the EPA by the old one, you know, the person who's leaving, they're like, well, you know, when you travel, go ahead and fly first class. It's not that big of a deal. And, you know, if you need to buy something, just fucking put it on this account and it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But now that, 
Now that President Trump is in office and everybody in his administration is under such intense scrutiny all of the time, you know, yeah. that's when this is really being looked at. I could see that. I'd be interested if you could send me that article. That would be sick. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I got like three of them pulled up here. Yeah. I'd Between be Washington Post and the New York Times. Which yeah, let me get a Washington Post article. For sure. Yeah, I'm trying to find the uh, the organizational chart right <laughs> oh, now. I was wondering what you were doing. That's rad, though. I like that. Are they like organizational just chart. co-mingling fucking entities? Yeah, it looks like there's not necessarily any... They don't work underneath each other, but they obviously go hand in hand. Yeah, I'm, they have to, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't see any kind of EPA under the Department of Energy. That's interesting. Because I feel like w- when we talk energy... We're talking like hydroelectric dams. We're talking, you know, oil drilling, you know, all this stuff that has a massive effect on the environment. So I think the EPA should either be above the DOE or directly below it or in line to it. They should be. Yeah. But who knows? Good Lord. We'll find out. That's interesting. Dig some more into how this government's built. Yeah. So what else do we want to hear about Scott Perry's freaking Scott Pruitt? Scott Pruitt. Scott Pruitt. Rick Scott Perry. Perry. Rick Perry. Yeah. Scott Pruitt. <laughs> uh, the travel expenses. Yeah, his uh, his first class and military flights on the taxpayer's expense. Not trip to it. Italy and Morocco. Yeah. New York Times showed that two weeks of travel in June of 2017 for the administrator and his aides cost taxpayers more than 120000 Shit. June of 17. How many weeks of travel? Uh, two weeks of travel. Jesus. So one forty-minute charter, wow, one forty-minute charter flight out of Denver to tour the Gold King Mine near Silverton, Colorado, costing just over fifty-seven hundred dollars. Why? Why, man? You got to stop. There's a reason you don't have a job anymore, dude. And I, I, yeah, I just don't like. It's not that it's not okay that he's doing that, but I don't understand why it's being taken out of a taxpayer account. Yeah, like if you want to do shit for fun, then pay for it yourself. Yeah, you know. But I don't. I just, and I, yeah. I'd like to be clear that we're again, you know, unfortunately we have to be, but we're this the Obama administration or a Democratic president, and this was happening, we would be saying the same thing, you know. Yeah. If this is true that that. Maybe some precedent has been set by previous EPA administrators. That's really fucking unfortunate. And I'm not okay with that. You know, I yeah. would be just as upset about it if it were somebody else. And that is the one kind of the, the grain of sugar in the sand that you can pull out that uh, through all these scandals is it gives you a chance to realize, you know, what kind of crap, the shady shit that actually has been going over for a long time. It's like, well, yeah. this is just ops normal. It's like, right. Okay, well, there's a problem there. I'm glad we're, we're catching this now. There's obviously some type of overspending or something like that going on. Oh, there's so much overspending. Yeah. Man, it's the government. In the well, it's the federal right. government. Yeah. I'm going to bring out my Ron Swanson right now. Full libertarian today. Why not? <laughs> oh. But, yeah, the interesting one I brought up earlier was that multiple undisclosed email accounts. This guy says that... Uh, Oh, I don't want Matthew. I don't want to share your whole name just in case. Um, but he said that the motherfucker's embezzling. This guy right here. Do you know this guy? Matthew. I can't quite see that. Is that. Oh, yeah. That's my boy, Neil. So there you go. What up, homie? He says that the motherfucker's embezzling. And psh, 
I wouldn't I doubt it. I mean, and even if he's not taking the money himself, that's essentially what the fuck is happening. You know, yeah. doing all this stuff, like paying for it, paying for thing charter flights and stuff like that yeah. for fun that out of taxpayer accounts. That's yeah. I mean, I don't it's, know what it's else not so is. much that you're necessarily stealing the money from an official account, putting it in your own, and yeah. you're just taking out the middleman. You right. got the job. You're just going to exactly. spend the taxpayers' money on frivolous shit. Yeah. Shout out my brother David. What up, B? What's up, Dave? Yeah. Dave? <laughs> Does he ever go by Dave? Probably not. No. David. Hello, David. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> so this I've was, never tried to call him Dave before. <laughs> I've only yeah. ever called him David. Maybe once you hit fifty, you'll then be he allowed can go to be by called Dave. Dave. But yeah, that's, that's funny. That's too. You think Z Man went by Dave when he was younger? You're gonna have to ask him. I am gonna ask him that because now. I need to know. Yeah, I need Certainly to know on that. Tuesday when I'm when I'm fucking you know yeah. listening to this. Perfect. But that's really interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like I said earlier, the uh, multiple email accounts, right? Misappropriation of taxpayer money. There you go. That's what Neil says. Yeah. Which is essentially, like you said, it's essentially yeah. embezzlement, insider trading, any anything yeah. like that. What's like a synonym for fucking, you know, for embezzling? That's, mm-hmm. yeah. No, you're right. That's that's the name for cutting out the middleman, like you said. I, I fuck with that. It's no fucking bueno. Yeah. So, okay. So when you sign on... When he initially took the helm of the EPA, it was understood that Mr. Pruitt had two official email accounts. So you had screw or Pruitt.scott at EPA.gov and ADM14, which is admin14, Pruitt at EPA.gov, which makes sense because you get an admin account and then a regular account. That's usually the way it works. Um, but then two other email addresses later emerged, which was sooner7 at EPA.gov, which apparently is the mascot for the University of Oklahoma sports the teams. Sooners, yeah. That's so funny. And an ESP7 at EPA.gov with your initials um, is for, or his full name. So it's Edward Scott was, Pruitt. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I read that, and I started thinking about Edward Scott. Edward Scott, is that the name of the financial advising place or is that Ed, no that's edward john Jones. l scott john l scott yeah see they're on mission mixing names again yeah john l scott which is the real edward estate jones. firm, and edward jones which yeah. is the financial advising firm yeah and i'm mixing them together again what is wrong with me today <laughs> uh what else what else what else did he do good and i the articles i was reading from the new york times didn't say anything about the whole him trying to get his wife a job at or a, a franchise of Chick-fil-A. I did hear about that. But I remember is, hearing a lot about it. Excuse me, which is weird because you can just like buy a fran like you can just apply for a franchise for Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And I and I believe they're both pretty like religious and conservative, which is I mean, right up like Chick-fil-A owner alley. So mm-hmm. I don't not like the owners of the franchises, but like the you know, the head of the corporation. So um, that seems strange. And yeah, he also had his assistants find to look for a, a job for his wife but the pay needed to be at least like two hundred thousand yeah. dollars or something like that come on dude ridiculous dog so glad he's gone now because yeah. now we can actually look back on this and be like yeah at least he at least he's not there anymore <clears throat> well and you know that if somebody because there's somebody in the interim right now but somebody else will have to be confirmed yeah um unless this guy just takes over because he's also been confirmed i don't know what his name is yeah i don't know he's, yeah but he was the, the uh, deputy i think deputy director right yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> excuse me um, if that guy, I mean, 
he'll be under just as high scrutiny as Scott Pruitt was, if not more. And so we know that if this happens again, there is a a serious problem in in the people that are being confirmed through the Trump administration because both of those people have have been brought in by this administration. Yeah. And if if stuff like this continues to happen, then there is. I don't know, man. I mean, that, that's a sign to me that there's now. some underlying form of, you know, greed or or. I think it's something. the good old boy program. These are these are people that, you know, President T Dog Millionaire has probably known in the business world for a long time. Yeah, these are higher ups that have been around all sorts, of, and you know, they're they're other billionaire type people like him. Excuse me, and. Uh, and I think when you bring those type of people into your administration like that, like their lifestyles aren't going to change that much. They don't put up with that kind of crap. They don't understand that. I don't think they've ever really looked into what a public servant's life is ever really supposed to be. Yeah. So they keep getting popped for all these scandals because it's, it's really frivolous shit that, that has no place in the public sector. But I think that's probably where it comes from is you keep pulling all these people in that you know, your old homies from the, from the old days. Yeah. And they're just as bad at politics as you, if not worse. I think that's where it comes from. But it is kind of a shame that, you know, most of these people are still getting signed off on by the Republicans in the committees. Yeah. But it's just because they're playing partisanship games, you know. Which is unfortunate that it's so plain to see that they're overlooking their duty to just... To just ride out with the party, you know, yeah. to just do what the president's looking for. And I can understand that. That's know, happening on both sides, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's, Abs- it's disgusting. It's, yeah, no, it's just that this is the administration that is in that's in the White House, in the Senate, and in the House. So that's that's why yeah. I focus on this one, right? Because when people are getting confirmed, that, that's oh yeah, that's the party that's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, yeah, it's unfortunate to... I don't know, for it to be so blatant, you know, which mm-hmm. I mean, I guess might not be the best way to put it because that might sound like, well, why are they doing a better job of lying to me? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and I don't right. want to be lied to, but it's just unfortunate that. Yeah, it's because they're not yeah. professional politicians who know how to make sure the skeletons in their closet stay in their closet. Yeah. You know, which is, like I said, it's sad, but we're, we're seeing a lot of how the, the sausage is being made right now because these people that are doing it are really fucking bad at it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and in 2018 when there's video cameras everywhere and recording devices in everyone's pocket. I mean, no one is safe from all this stuff. Like you actually have to be relatively squeaky clean to look relatively squeaky clean. Closed circuit TV, like Derek Kilmer. (laughs) Derek Kilmer seems like a very squeaky clean guy. Mitt Romney, who was at again. I just want to remind you, he was at my Fourth July parade. Oh, that's just because we're better. It's not a big deal. Yeah, all we had was fucking Jeff Sessions, dude. If he, if yeah, and you had Jeff Sessions, yeah, which was days. great, but it's kind of a letdown. Yeah, but you would have shil- you still would have shaken his hand though. Seek. I would have. That's right. I would have. Most certainly. Most certainly. Yeah. You th- <laughs> Should I try to shake Saurabh Ramari's hand if I go to New York and hang out with the commentary people? I know how much you love him, man. <laughs> I really don't like him, mm. but that's just me. Yeah, that last episode was really good. I got like, well, got like halfway through it before I ran out of time. I couldn't. But. There was, 
Like the one from yesterday is what I'm talking about. The Thursday episode. Oh yeah, no, I haven't listened to that, that one yet. Good. I'm like two other things away from. I was I was hoping maybe he'd say something about the twitters, but I was like halfway through and haven't gotten there yet. You can only hope. Yeah. That he mentions it. But, right. You know, just give me some boosts. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Boost that numbers. Yeah. I think uh, that pretty much wraps up the Scott Pruitt. Would you like to just? I feel like you have a lot of pent up angst about scott pruitt would you like to just voice that before we before we move on and and lay this this man's career in the grave no i just think that he's a piece of shit you know um excuse me i just i don't know because we talked about it a lot on like previous episodes so you can definitely get a a sense of of how i felt at that time um but because because a lot of time has gone by since that so i've cooled off quite a bit but gotcha. i was much more heated when that first happened now i'm just happy that he's gone but yeah I it's nice it's like i agree with the person that called me on it with josh that it's unfortunate that we're now to a point where we're applauding the administration for firing people or accepting the resignation of people that they confirmed in the first place because they're yeah. terrible at their fucking job which is what was said by a lot of people when it happened, but they were shouted down because, oh, you're just fucking fighting Trump. You know, you're just left wing Democrats that are trying mm-hmm. to that are trying to oppose everything and just clog up the operations. And I'm sure that it, on some part that was true. But well, I'm, even if it is, I mean, and I, I feel like you were making this point earlier and I'm just kind of now picking it up. But the committee hearing obviously failed in their job because they weren't able to pull any of this kind of crap out of him while they were there doing the confirmation hearing. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't listen to that one, you know, yeah. so I don't I don't know. I don't know That's why. hard. But, but still to allow him even if you are playing, you know, the the bipartisan game or the the partisanship game, you you know, you still have to realize that if you vote to get this guy in, when he fucks up enough that he has to get fired, it comes back it should come back on you. Yeah. Because you're the one that gave green lighted him to take the job. Yeah, why it was should he come back on you? Why wasn't he sh- this yeah. sent down? He should pay back every single dollar of all the money he spent. Yeah, plus interest. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you would like throw down a level, but you know, your basic, Figure your average travel expenses and stuff, and whatever you overpaid or overspent, you'd have to pay back. But right. every single one of those senators, or if it was a congressional hearing on the from the Congress, the House of Representatives. Those people need to be held accountable as well. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, they let all them, they let the guy in. And I think there's enough evidence here to, to kind of look back on it. But like you said, we'd have to check out that confirmation hearing to, to really see it. Yeah. And I got to finish the, uh, what's his name? Struck hearing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That just looks, because that was yesterday. I, I think. think so. Yeah. Yeah. It sounded uh, either yesterday. I bet your Philly D will do a thing on it today. Probably it's either that or he'll. He might wait till Monday, but he should. He does a lot of that great because it's still ongoing, or is it just the one day hearing? You know, I think it was just the one. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to check out the news and watch out the uh, the latest and greatest from that. But that (laughs) that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up the old Scott Scott Pruitt. Piece of shit. Piece of garbage. I'm glad he's gone. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Brett Kavanaugh next? Yeah. We can uh, definitely hit up some Brett Kavanaugh because that's been in the news for a while. And I think we even knew it was Brett Kavanaugh last week. He was on the list. He wasn't announced until Monday. Okay. Monday was when the president announced it. 
Um, there was like that hype video that they put out too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, the oh, yeah because it was like Monday close. at nine or something like that. Oh yeah, nine Eastern, and they released it on. Even the... It was promptly at six because at six oh three, I got a thing on my phone that was about it, and I was like, whoa. What the shit? Like I thought I would have a few minutes to like get everything together, but well, yeah. Usually with like the uh, the news conferences, the uh, the, the press, press conference. Briefing? Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, you sit there for a half hour with that little, you know, the conference will begin Starting shortly. Soon, it's yeah. Like, come on, no, it's, it's bullshit. not. But for that, hey, maybe if they start marketing these these press releases and these you know these big announcements, they start marketing them like like they do on TV. They'll actually start on time. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be nice. nice. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Oh, so anyways, yeah, Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. He is a, I forget which number circuit it is, but he's on the Washington, D.C. circuit. District uh, of Columbia. Yeah. Um, the Court of Appeals yep. in the appellate court system. And he was, uh, he's been there since I believe 2006. Years, I think. Yeah. yeah. He was... He was nominated to the D.C. Court of Appeals by President Bush back in 2003. Yes. But confirmation hearings were contentious and stalled for three years over charges of partisanship. And Kavanaugh was ultimately confirmed May of 2006 after a series of negotiations between the Dems and Republicans. Damn. Yeah. A three-year confirmation hearing? That's a long time. But I guess on I guess for a judge, it's it makes more sense. Because I yeah. don't know what the uh, the federal appellate court judges' term limits are, but I know I know they're pretty long. I'm sure, and so I'm sure that's not too crazy. Whereas you get somebody in an administration position that'll only be there as long as the president's basically in power. Yeah, so four to eight years max, then you're out probably. So that doesn't really necessarily surprise me. But when I read it, it was like, man, three years of congressional litigation, for lack of a better term, to try to figure her out if he gets confirmed. Right. That's tough. What do you do? How do you live life for three years like that? Just You just wait for the phone, for the phone call? Well, I imagine... Shit, I don't know. It depends on what he yeah. did before that. I imagine he just continued work doing whatever he yeah. was doing prior to that. Just kind of waiting to hear whether you get the job or not. Yeah. Going in for yeah, more hearings. You have, for, you have to wait for a confirmation hearing. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, you do. And so. that, that's just... <laughs> that blew me away. But he also has a background. Uh, he was an attorney working for Ken Starr. Yes. During the Clinton administration. Yeah, and Kenneth Starr um, was the guy that investigated President Clinton initially starting with Whitewater. And then uh-huh. it was expanded to include Monica Lewinsky and like the other people, the other women that he had sexual allegations about. And I thought that that was really interesting, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things I heard was that he had set up this list of questions, right, that he thought that Kenneth Starr should ask President Clinton during the, um, what is that called? The arbitration, the oh yeah, the testimony that he gave. Yeah, so during the testimony that he gave, and it they were like really graphic, like having to do with like the like specific sexual encounters they had and like Ooh. using the cigar and like body fluids and like like really yeah like explicit shit huh. and um Brett Kavanaugh like said, like you really need to ask me these questions like you really need to do this right and then at the end of the investigation he comes out and writes the opinion where he says that he thinks that presidents shouldn't be burdened with uh with a criminal investigation while they're sitting in office which yeah. is which, when you read the U.S. Constitution, it's not expressly forbidden that yeah. you can't do that. 
But the wording in it, and I'm looking around for my copy of the Constitution. I don't think it's right here. But I have that page bookmark because of all the talk about impeachment and stuff with Trump. And I, when you read it as a textualist judge or as an originalist, originalist judge or just a layman reading it, yeah, it sounds like it is built there so that, yes, the, the office of the presidency cannot be distracted while they're in office supposed to be running the government they right. can't be distracted with it. you can you can take him up on charges the day he gets out of office and it, it was the same exact thing in the the roman republic yeah. it's just the same the same ideas that you as long as you were the head guy in charge you could not get charged with a crime because right. you still have to run the country well and there's people like i think including brett kavanaugh that thought that had President Clinton not been bothered by this investigation, he may have been able to handle like Osama bin Laden and yeah. and limit some of the things that happened and possibly even in an extreme, possibly even stop nine eleven from happening. You know what I'm saying? Like there, are, Maybe, and that's yeah. right. And, and that's that, I'm problem, not saying yeah. that that's the truth. Like, but it's a possibility. You know that at the time, and and that's I don't know enough about that at the time because I was born in fucking '94, so I yeah, don't know any. I was in I kindergarten when when Clinton was president, <laughs> so I don't know anywhere near enough about that to say that. But I know that there are people that believe that that mm-hmm. had he not been so bothered by this investigation, um, you know, whether it be fair, whether or not be fair, whatever your opinion is on it. Um, he may have been able to stop some of these really tragic events that happened in America, you know, and stop a lot of like modern day terrorism and, and terrorism from 10 years ago. You know, the war on terror itself mm-hmm. may not have existed had Bill Clinton possibly, you know, I, this, yeah, 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 again, yeah. this is not my personal view. This is just things that I have. Uh, I know that there are opinions that exist out there, you know, yeah. that, that that is it, that a lot of this stuff could have been limited had he not been focused on this. Yeah. And I mean, I think that is not necessarily a, I don't think it's necessarily something that you is like bad to think. Right. It's perfectly, you know, perfectly reasonable to think that. But I don't. Yeah. It. it there's no way you could ever prove a what if. But it definitely does get your mind thinking. To the that's another angle. <clears throat> maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. You shouldn't do that to a sitting president. Yeah. Regardless of what he does. Excuse me. You know, you can impeach him at any point in time. So if he commits a crime so heinous that the next day Congress and the, the House of Representatives convene and they impeach him. He could be thrown out of office like that. Yeah. No big deal. Then you could take him up on charges. But if it's something, I hate to say it, but if it's something that we should probably wait for another election to have a smooth transfer of power, to make sure the government stays running and all yeah. this stuff, you don't want it to, to devolve to the VP if you don't necessarily have to. It might be better just to hold off until an impeachment process can be taken care of and everybody's, right. you know, doing everything right. And, and I, I think can, that makes sense. And I can definitely see that. And I just to just to be fair, I'd like to present the other side of my argument that mm-hmm. it also be said that had Bill Clinton, President Clinton, not acted the way that he did, then he wouldn't be bothered by the investigation to begin with. You know, well, had, imagine he, that. had he just not done that and just acted appropriate for, to begin with, you know, that, mm-hmm. cause that's, I don't want to, I don't want to take any responsibility away from Bill Clinton and the decisions that he made in office, right? That's because, very good, very, very right? good to bring Because up, I yes. think that that's definitely true that had he just acted like a better man and a better president, he would have been all right. You know, this yeah. this whole thing wouldn't have come about, you know, had if, he not. Yeah, if you weren't such a scumbag, exactly. we wouldn't be dealing with this problem. Exactly. So just just to be fair, because I think that that's definitely true, you know, and I think that the same thing stands to be said about President Trump, you know, that 
and again, whether or not he did anything, I don't know because it's it's thus far inconclusive. But yeah. I think that it stands to be said that all of this sketchy ass behavior, you know, had it not taken place, it wouldn't warrant any type of investigation. But there's yeah. a, there's a reason these things are happening. You know, there's a reason Robert Mueller is there investigating. There's a reason that there was the investigations in the House and in the Senate about the sketchy shit that went on in the administration mm-hmm. you know, and the sketchy shit that went on during the election. And yeah. I I think that that is overlooked a lot as just waste by the government or extreme bipartisanship because a lot of times the president will say oh well the whole Mueller investigation is all democrats and and you know they're all just so partisan and they're just out to get me robert Mueller himself is a republican mm-hmm. don't let anybody twist that up for you no. everybody listening robert Mueller himself is a republican right so i think are like four or five other people in the investigation fact check i'll check out the number right because i i know for a fact that it's split you know, whether it's split evenly, I don't know, but it is split. There is not all Democrats on that investigation. Yeah, no, I mean, and, that, and that's just that stuff is a, you is hear. A lie. Yeah, you you just hear that kind of stuff coming out from the. What's the opposite of a never Trumper? I mean, just a Trumper. Always Trumper. Yeah, and always Trumper. That's that's kind of what you hear Maga. coming out of that corner. Yeah, but it, they're so fucking loud. You know, that's, and I really hate to just put them on that level, but that. Generally, that's the kind of crap you hear coming out of the Fox News Network. Yeah. And it's all that kind of the, the always Trumpers, the, you know, the people on Fox and Friends and stuff like that. And it's sad that it's come to that. But at this current point in time, that that's the level that we're at. Yeah. And it is really sad to hear that stuff coming out of it. Yes. But what do you think about Brett Kavanaugh's appoint, or nomination to, the, to SCOTUS? So before we continue, I'd like to say hello to my mom and to Morgan. Oh, hello. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, but I feel mixed about it, right? Uh-huh. Because one of the main concerns is people think because of things that the president has said that Brett Kavanaugh is going to get in there and they're going to immediately try and overturn Roe v. Wade, right? I personally, yeah. sorry, there's some landscape there's some outside. outside. Um, I personally am not immediately concerned Excuse me, about the existence of Roe v. Wade, right? I don't mm-hmm. think that, that the decision itself is going to be overturned, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely could see where it's limited because in a lot of places, stuff like that is already happening. I talked about that law in whatever state it was where they limited it to 15 weeks, you yeah, know? Yeah, what was? Uh, and, I can't remember. Um, and that's remember the, the most state. restricted. That's the most restrictive one so far, you know? And President Trump has said himself in interviews that if it gets overturned, it's going to go to the states. And at that point, there's going to be a lot of different states where people can't get abortions, you know? And regardless of my point of view or your point of view, that's not my decision to make. Mm-mm. You know, in, in, like you said, in the libertarian part of me, that's not my decision. That's your choice in what you want to do. You know, the same way, whether it's parallel or not, the same way I think that people should be able to do whatever the fucking, whatever type of drug they want, as long as you keep that shit to yourself. I don't think that it's any problem if you want to collect money to have sex with people because that's something you like to do. That's not my business. You know, as long as the shit is safe and nobody's getting harmed, I don't care. Look that's, at you little libertarian values I just, popping out there. I just don't think that that's a problem. You know? Me neither. And, and, I, I, don't, and I would ideally not to... I would not like to see it overturn, but I would be very interested to see what would happen on the state level, especially with place like let's take texas for texas for example yeah most people 
automatically would assume that Texas would be one of those states because they're one of those kind of independent southern states that kind of like do whatever the fuck they want. But when you look at the population centers in Texas and Houston and Austin especially, yeah, there is some real hardcore progressive liberal type very, strongholds. Very blue cities. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if the numbers would be there for them to to necessarily outlaw something like abortion. And maybe not I'd be curious. And maybe not there, but again like I think 2 or 3 weeks ago when we were in your living room we talked <clears throat> about the Supreme Court decision in whatever state that was. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll fact check it if we want um that they passed one where I mean there's only like two clinics there now and they're that, on opposite corners that, of the state. Exactly, that do abortions. So mm-hmm. I mean it's in states like that I can see where that might happen. And in a yeah. lot of other states that have laws like that, you know, in the one where they did the 15-week restriction, and I can see those things happening. So let's so. play with this for a minute. Let's have a little thought experiment Yeah. given that. Let's say that we devolve, in, a, in my perfect world, we devolve the federal government's involvement in our lives down to a very, very bare minimum, and 99% of rules and regulations and all this stuff comes down to the state level. We live in a rather progressive state, so I don't think things like abortion rights and all that, I don't think they would ever really be threatened. But I would seriously like to see how many states would go that route. And then, of course, they'll challenge the laws going up to the Supreme Court and stuff. But if they knock away that precedent and the states are allowed to do that, I would. what do you think the country would really look like um, if all of a sudden we weren't thought of so much as americans but as in like well i'm a washingtonian and i live in the united states of america i'm a i'm I'm a texan i live in the united states of america but your state came first and you were more proud of your state and so you'd have these little states that could outlaw things like abortion and outlaw marijuana and still have a hardcore sentencing and stuff like that do you think you would see population centers kind of disperse away from those states and have more people that are attracted to that kind of government kind of move to those states? I think it probably would even out. You know, like you said, the people that don't like it are going to leave and the people that are more attracted to it in other states that don't feel like they belong there. The people that are, for just for example, super conservative in, you know, really progressive parts of California are going to mm-hmm. move to those places. I mean, yeah. so um, I... I don't I think that it would necessarily imbalance the populations of the states, but I think that that is just another step down the road of device divisiveness yeah. you know that i mean that's at, at a point where we've come this far to try and be one cohesive group of americans you know that like live in the united states and we're like really proud and we're patriotic mm-hmm. i think that that's I think dangerous it, to just like i said step a, a more down yeah. that pathway I, that's and i think when you really think about this, I'm just now kind of thinking about this kind of stuff. One of the kind of happy byproducts, if it's even possible to have one of those, of kind of heavy partisanship that we've had so much lately and yeah. the fact that all the news that we get is all based off of the president. It's all at the federal level. Everybody's super concerned with the federal level, but that does kind of all tie us into arguing about what it is that we want for America to be not so much what we want in our state laws. Right. And so it, it, it is kind of as divisive as it is, we're all kind of arguing about what it's like to be an American. And I think that's, if you really boil it down, you can kind of take a little, you know, like I said, like a grain of sugar out of the pile of sand. 
that that's something nice, I think, that you might be able to pull from all this this yeah. crazy crap that we get these days. And I want to be clear that I don't think there's anything wrong with because I certainly identify as a Washingtonian. You know, as somebody uh-huh. who's from Washington, who's from yeah. Bremerton, like that's PNW something I, for life. That's something I definitely like, especially the Pacific Northwest. Like uh-huh. I I hold that very dear to who I am, you know. But I don't think about I don't think that makes me different any more than generally to somebody who's from fucking New York. You know, somebody who's from Boston or I know that Boston's not New York. I know that that's in Massachusetts. <laughs> Just to be clear, I know that that's not in New York. And we were talking Just, about New York, the city probably. Yes. I would yeah, imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, there were people who are from different boroughs inside of New York who are from Queens or Brooklyn, you know, shit like that, that like – I'm not any different than them other than just generally about the way that I talk and, you know, maybe some values that I have like that. We're all, I still see that on the same plane as like being American, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't think that things being relegated to the States is a bad thing. Because I think that there's a lot of good, especially just for example, the, you know, the legalization of marijuana recreationally here has brought us so much tax money. We went over on the 420 special how much money like came out of that so yep. and i don't remember exactly what it is but um i could tell you the latest numbers from last year let's let's get it which was in my descent this week which was posted there on the blog go. which uh, there it is right here <coughs> so money coming in 319 million where the hell did i write that 319 million for fiscal year uh 2017 which year. ran from Ran from July 1st to June 30th. For some reason, their their fiscal year is yeah. weird. Usually, like the federal fiscal year is October 1st. But for whatever reason, July through June, yeah, uh, we had 300, yeah, $319 million in tax money come in from legal weed in the state of Washington last year, which was a $130 million increase from the year from before. The year before. <sighs> See... And, yeah. So I don't think that's a bad thing. No. I don't think that $319 million is a bad thing. I think that's a really, really good thing for our state. And I think it's unfortunate that other states maybe want to turn a blind eye to that, you know? And I I don't know, you know? I just don't... Like I said, I don't think that there's any problem with certain things being relegated to the states because that's part of the beauty of the United States is that we all are separate and the shit that is not lined under the Constitution... Is there. And that's the argument against Roe v. Wade is that there's nothing in there that expressly says the people who think that's a bad decision. Again, not that I agree with this because I think that, and I didn't interpret it. And so, I, and I've not looked enough into that actual case and the stuff that happened in the arguments to, mm-hmm. to debate this, you know, but I know the people that think it's a bad decision say that because there's nothing in the Constitution that expressly writes rights for abortions you know but there's also nothing in there that mentions women or black people there's a lot of things that are excluded from the constitution that we ended up saying okay well this is part of it because this is it's it's got to be implied yeah you know it ties into that so you know yeah it ties into the what the i don't know what's the word for it what the what the purpose was of the constitution stuff like every man was created equal all this stuff exactly and then you when you had that the three-fifths rule yes got passed stuff like that i mean that was clearly unconstitutional and there was a reason it it got overturned and it's a shame that it took to the 60s for things like the civil rights act to come into effect and i have to hope that if something like that does get overturned it will be easy enough to see the bias that it was done with yeah right 
because, and I'm not talking about Dred Scott or anything. I'm talking about Roe v. Wade yeah. because, and this is something that as I was listening to Ben Shapiro today, I got really, really frustrated about. Right? That oh yeah, he I was saying that too. that only. Only the left cares about the political leaning of justices, right? They're the only ones that talk about how liberal people are, how conservative people are. And, you know, can you imagine somebody being championed to the point like the notorious RBG? You know, can you even imagine us doing something like that? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. And I, to say that is such a disgusting lie. It is. That only the left cares about. Because we are, I believe in his own terms, we're going to be appointing some very conservative judges. Yes. People that want to overturn Roe v. Wade says that expressly. And that was on so, the campaign trail, I believe, right? I call bullshit Ben Shapiro. Again. And that's, and that's only the president. That's not any of the other people that are going to talk about confirming him or anything like that, right? Yeah. Because if you want to get real technical about it, Susan Collins, when she got interviewed for the New York Times, she said she's not going to confirm anybody Great that, interview. that is expressly, you know, that has expressed shit. What, what did she say? Word? It was. Um, Oh man, this is we're we're striking out on this. Yeah, one. somebody who has expressed any type of like direct hostility, expressed hostility towards Roe v. Wade. Right? She's a Republican. Yeah. What dog? Like for real? I I cannot stand that. The blatant lies that come out of that sometimes, and, and you that's know one of them. You know why? It's because the from my understanding again, because I haven't tackled that full just like you haven't tackled the entire you know case itself and yeah. looked at every single one of the opinions but my understanding is that the way it was ruled it was a it was passed as a a health right a women's health right yes and so that by by classifying that it makes it incredibly hard to repeal because then yeah. you have to argue the fact that it's not a right and that's and that's what's so ironclad about it. That's the another thing that I I agree, right? Mm-hmm. You can't start taking people's rights away. It's no. there. It's you like you can't turn over gay marriage. It's you're, too late. You you've already, already went called there. it a right. Yeah, it's, it's a too right late. Yep. Like you can't do that because the moment you do that, you're taking people's rights away. Just like we talk about happening in fucking North Korea and in Russia, people getting locked up and shit. That's the same thing. That is another step towards not not Marxism, right? But totalitarianism. Yeah, that's, that's what that's a step towards, and that's fucking scary. And we can pivot right off of that to his his kind of rulings on Fourth Amendment type of situations. Yes, motherfucker. Okay, because, because this, this is, is one, one of the thing, points of yes. contention. Yeah, that I think super super we concerned have. about. Right, because he wrote opinions against. In, in favor of collecting the metadata, the med, the type of metadata that John Edward Snowden released, like, right? Yes, that yeah. is fucking scary. That this guy is okay with the government just massively collecting your information wherever you go. He said that he w- that he didn't think your location is is a yeah is a right. You you don't need privacy to that, right? It's the yeah, the government doesn't need a warrant to track your location. That's what it was. Which, and that's fucking crazy. That's terrible. Because somehow or other, he decided that it did not violate search and seizure. Fourth Amendment you know? right. Yeah, know, the Fourth Amendment right. And I believe the specifics of the case was it was, I mean, it was a bad guy. It was a bad guy. I think it was some kind of hardcore drug dealer or Sunshine something like, like that. that. I don't know. But He was a drug dealer. Fact check, you know, the yeah. the, the details. I'll post a, like an article about it. But he was a drug dealer, I believe. Yeah. 
And I mean, regardless, he was breaking the law at some point, yeah. but they used a GPS tracking device on his, on car. his car without a warrant being issued for that. And then it made it its way up to the Court of Appeals where he was in, and he ruled in favor of the government being allowed to do that. That's scary. How are you supposed to do The guy should have been able to, he got caught, go to court, and the fact that that happened to him, regardless of all the evidence, all that evidence is null and void due to the fact they didn't get a warrant and they violated his Fourth Amendment rights, he should have gone free. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue whether he deserves to go away free on a moral stance or anything like that. But to have a court case like that be blatantly destroyed in an opinion from a federal judge overruling the Fourth Amendment just because he broke a law. It's like, well, yeah, guess what, man? Next time there's a a stupid law in the books and the government wants to turn around and try to arrest you for doing something stupid like in Venezuela or Iran or any, you know, those dictatorial totalitarian regimes, that's how those work. And you set a precedent right there that, that says that, hey, well, if you're a bad guy, then it doesn't matter what, you know, we don't need a warrant. We can just come scoop you up. And that is not to be too extreme, right? But that is one step towards like Orwellian Big Brother type shit, where they they do, you know it doesn't matter because I've got I've got a justification for it, right? I, what, I do what have nineteen eighty four right, right here. I do yeah. have that right. I did not think about that, but like that is I lost my that's what that is, you know. And again, I know that this is this book is about Marxism, you know. But still, that is a that is a step towards well. A justification of taking your rights away. Yeah. You, you know? can't justify taking someone's rights away. And then away. at the end, well, you don't have the right anyway, so what the fuck does it matter that we're taking it? Because you ju- you, you don't have a right to it. You know, mm-hmm. I've already taken away from some people, so I'm taking away from everybody else. That's yeah. exactly how that fucking works. This and- That's dangerous to have somebody like that on the Supreme Court deciding and interpreting your constitution, right? That's That's dangerous. Yeah. That's scary. I think that alone right there... Would I mean, I would give a no vote just simply based off of that, because that is something so carnally just wrong. It's completely anti-American. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, he likes to call himself a, well, what's a, a textualist and a, I mean, he's a slightly textualist. He's slightly originalist. Yeah. But looking at his opinions over the years, I don't really get that. That vibe. I don't well, see him as that. So many. So there's so much evidence, right? And yeah, we he's should, written. Well, I don't know how like many. Five hundred like or something like that. Yeah. We should explain textualist, textualists, and originalists, right? Um, because Ooh, those are the I'm two a, terms that you used, correct? Yeah. So uh, layman's ex- explanation of it, and Colin will look up a better one, right? An originalist um, is a descriptive word used for <laughs> used for Supreme <laughs> Court justices to kind of lean and mean that. They look at the Constitution more as it's originally written, right? To my, this is to my understanding, and then Colin will fact check me and yeah. correct it. And then textualist is they look at it more in the context of how it would be, um, how it would be applied today, right? That is kind of my understanding of those two terms. Is that correct? Uh, semi, yeah. I mean. Originalism, Correct me here. the principle or belief that the original intent of an author should be adhered to in later interpretations of the work. So there you go. So that so one was yeah. right. So essentially, you need to be able to have a judge. If you are a true originalist judge, yeah, you have to be able to have enough American foundational historical knowledge 
and have studied all the founding fathers that wrote the U.S. Constitution to be able to put yourself in their mindset and then bring that all the way up to 2018 and, understand and say, why. okay, this is, this is how this applies to this piece of you know, legislation, this, yeah. this Constitution. What and about textualist, textualist is along the same lines. It's, it's more about how it's written. Okay. Um, the words in there. Okay. Yeah, is I gotcha. textualism is a formalist theory in which interpretation of the law is primarily based on the ordinary meaning of the legal text, where no consideration is given to the non-textual source, such as intention of the law when passed. Oh, so I even had them backwards. Yeah. So that's okay. So yeah, so they're ideally in a Supreme that's Court judge, you want a judge who is both an originalist and a textualist yeah who basically puts himself into the mindset of the founding fathers and tries to understand their meaning for passing or for writing it out as they did right you know stuff like the second amendment comes to turn you know that's the yeah. big contention one is because we don't really know due to the time period what their mindset the was. The type of technology they had at the time. Yeah. I mean, Could they that have definitely foreseen? didn't factor in. Maybe they did. Maybe yeah. they didn't. We don't know. No, no. Because, I mean, at the time, it's, again, just one side of the argument. It's feasible that at the time they didn't even have, like, the Gatling gun, you know. So it's, right. So it's feasible to think that they would maybe not even have comprehended that this would be the future. But at the same time, that's, you don't know. I mean, they were so obviously far ahead of their time with the type of government and things that they were thinking and establishing mm-hmm. that it's also feasible that in their off time, they're thinking, you know, I mean, George Washington himself was, I mean, he, he was a general, mm-hmm. you know, so there's no, I don't think any reason to think that he wasn't thinking about military technology, even if he's not designing it, you know, yeah. he's considering things that might happen in the future or ways that it could be done. I mean, but that nobody seems could reasonable have to me. So. possibly comprehended like the exponential advancement and no, weaponry no. but maybe they did the moore's law just the, type growth yeah i mean you could never know the specifics of it and this is kind of my take on the second amendment real quick as far as textualism and originalism goes just to kind of maybe continue giving some more context yeah so the way it reads is the fact that every citizen has the right to bear arms right we went over it one time on we the, did we and, read the second amendment yeah and it's with the well well-regulated militia and all this stuff, which to me, putting myself back in those times, right after the, right after the Revolutionary War, they were paranoid as hell about yeah. government having too much power, Absolutely. right? And so they wanted to put the citizenry on a level playing field militarily, you know, arms-wise, Just with the government. I could see that. But the problem is the U.S. government would end up growing to a point that it was so big that you could buy tanks and rocket launchers and all this stuff. And normal people just can't possibly even... Right. It's not feasible. So does that even apply now? That's Is that's it reasonable. too late? Yeah. Is it too late? That's where I come in. And I don't know. But that's, because I think, it's, my example of that. Because I also... I mean, just, you know, not to go too far in it, but, like, I don't think that anybody could argue that it should be okay for people to fucking own tanks. I mean, you could argue it, but I don't know that that's like a solid argument of like, well, if you want to own a tank that launches fucking mortar shells, you know, whatever. Like, I just want to own a tank. I don't necessarily, I don't want the ammunition. I just want the vehicle. That's that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Should, should a civilian be able to own a 50 caliber sniper rifle that they don't let people use in the military? Really? Probably not. Well, they do. It's down in Texas. You can totally do that. I've seen a lot of really cool slow-mo videos of 
people firing the the civilian version of the Barrett 50 cal. Yeah. Because it puts off so much gas and stuff like that. They set up some super high mode or high speed cameras yeah. and wash them and that's just my but, personal i mean you know when it's not widely used in the military anymore because it's deemed overkill yeah should people because because if you get shot in the chest it'll literally tear the top half off of your body like yeah. sh- you don't should, even need to shoot somebody you know. if you shoot a 50 caliber round i'm just saying this is what i've heard i could be wrong about this you, shoot false information. you could shoot near somebody's head boom decapitated yeah done just the force of that metal breaking it, through it, the air creates huge. a shock wave enough to jar your whole body enough that you don't even have to get hit by the round to die yeah anyways does somebody need that for their house no nah, i don't know you know what i I'm mean saying? maybe if you live up in like <laughs> way way up north where there's like grizzly bears that are maybe three times as big as people maybe but then again there's plenty of other ammunitions that'll take yeah. care of that too uh, so more Brett Kavanaugh. We kind of got all sidetracked there. Yeah. Uh, um, the other what's concern. Another hot sorry. button issue before we go. Uh, what's another hot button issue you think that would possibly be a concern at the Supreme Court level? Because I have a bunch of his um, uh, where he stands on certain things. Yeah, I have one here about businesses, right? And okay. this I think also ties into Neil Gorsuch because this is the this Chevron was, deference. Um yeah, Chevron deference is one and then I have another one here that has to do with fucking so Chevron uh, deference. Yeah. Um I kind of want to go over that one again cuz I just heard a little bit the other day about really what Chevron deference was or what it is and it had something to do it basically had something to do with uh powers in of private corporations and their governmental counterparts. So like the the administration office or department that oversees things like the oil industry. So yeah. you look at like the EPA and the the uh, Department of Energy. Just like we were talking about earlier? Yeah. Scott and how Cole, much, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think those are good examples because I think Chevron deference was kind of tied into that. But it had to do with how much legal sway a an office of unelected bureaucrats in a federal department can actually do and how much you know how much sway they have in an industry that's private and they kind of confirmed i believe through chevron deference that you can be just as liable by somebody like the IRS or the EPA or somebody that's not an elected government official in a department and you could still be held, you know, up to standard and stuff like that. You're still required to meet that stuff even though they're not an elected official. Also, the, That was my general take and I could be wrong, but well, that's what I what understood I from it is that if, if the EPA, just for example, gets sued by somebody for some type of regulation they have – or you know something they're deciding yes, to do, yes, 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 yes. Then yes. they get to say no, 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 no. It's okay because we are the ones that get to decide this, and that's, that's the controversy around that's it. Is what that it, it was. gives too much power to those Thank administrative you. bodies that if they get sued for some reason, they get to say no. It's really okay that we're mm-hmm. doing this. So drop the lawsuit because this is over. Because I was trying to remember it because that's it was, the problem. It was a it was a very big talking point during the Neil Gorsuch confirmation. Yeah. And I was trying to remember what it was back then. So thank That's you for clearing that up. That's good. Yeah. And so it's stuff like that. He also, net neutrality, we can talk about that mm-hmm. like a little bit a little later if you want. Uh, but it's, um, it, 
I don't know. It, there are a lot of people, especially in the Republican Party, that are concerned because people who are following President Trump's original uh, statements. I guess. Yeah, where he said that he's going to drain the swamp and stuff like that. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and he's putting more people in that are, I mean, they're just, they're administrative people. I mean, they're, they're establishment people, you know. And so there are a lot of people that are concerned about that. I'm not necessarily, um, there's conversation about guns going on here. That's, that's too much. Um, <clears throat> and Who, who's all up in there? Neil and Jacob. Neil? Yeah, Neil is a uh, he's a he loves guns, man. He's very passionate about his guns. Yeah, um, I can't wait to read those comments. That'll be good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. So that's, that's not even <laughs> sorry, guys. Business. We got a show to run. It's yeah, hard to, it's hard to stay tuned into both worlds. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of concerns I have about. So some, some states, yeah, net neutrality about. is obviously concerned that he wrote, you know, in favor of o- overturning those laws, said they were unconstitutional, that it should be run just like a, um, should like, be able to regulate it how they want, just like a, a utility, you know, mm-hmm. that they can do whatever they want with it, they can decide who they're going to give priority to, who they're going to use, and, and I don't yeah. think that that's... That was what a, what do they call that? Oh, it's I'm totally blanking on it now. A Title Two. Title, something like that for the, which classified it as a utility. Yeah, which yeah, yeah, which then gave the government right to regulate it and all that kind of stuff. Yes, and that was the big thing during that uh, that Ajit Pai situation with the uh, FCC. And um, but yeah, I mean, I would argue though with that, I don't necessarily mind losing that regulation because I think for the most part we've we've been okay so far. A lot of states have signed on to it. I think Washington State was one of the first ones to, to create their own state laws yeah. around net neutrality. And I feel like the only things I've really seen that were negative actually came from a more of a a government control on the state level looking to actually start limiting people's you know searching abilities and all the stuff, having to pay for certain things, put yeah. pay gates and age gates and all this start type of stuff. But it's only ever come from the federal or from the state government. It hasn't come from the industry yet. Yeah, not that I know of, anyways. But I think that still it may take a little time for all the all the uh, the cancerous flowers to grow. I guess. And yeah. I don't know. And I don't know. You know, I, I'm excited to listen to the confirmation hearing. That's for sure. Yeah. Because uh, I'll be able to listen to almost all that at work. It will be uh, good. There is one thing that I'd like to say about the nomination. Okay. Right? So, because we didn't really get to talk about it that much last week when it was still up in the air and we weren't sure who was going to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I had a conversation with one of Jordan's family friends named Brad. Right? Super cool guy. Brad's an awesome guy. You would love Brad. Um, and so, we talked about... Oh my, I'm going to tell you a story that going to blow your fucking mind. Right? Let's do it. So, so, first of all, he told me that he got to meet Antonin Scalia before he died. Right. Antonin Scalia, one of the most conservative justices to ever be on the court, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, just a Supreme Court judge. Yeah, I met don't him, care. Met him, with a, met him with a couple other people. Gets like asking questions and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't just meet him. Got to sit down with him, like in a room with a couple other people and ask some questions, right? So he asks him, says, "Who's your favorite Supreme Court justice all time? Right? Not alive, not dead, all time. All right? time." He says, "Ruth Bader Ginsburg." Really? Yep. And so Brad's like. Why? All right. Yeah. Antonin Scalia says, because I almost never agree with her. 
but she can provide me with an argument that is cohesive, legitimate, and makes sense, right? It's not outlandish. It's not mm-hmm. something that I'm like, you're fucking ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. It is something that I can accept that that is a valid opinion that has thought behind it and consideration. Wow. That's powerful stuff. Yeah, right. Second that of does all, blow my mind. Second of all, when we're talking about the Supreme Court nomination, right, we, we, we both agree on this same thing, right? The best thing that Donald Trump could have done, that President Trump could have done, which it's too late for now. I, I mean, unless he doesn't get confirmed. President Trump has maybe even nothing more then to extend a hand across the aisle mm-hmm. should have nominated Merrick Garland. Oh, okay. That's the best decision that he could have made would be to nominate Merrick Garland. I think that In my have, personal opinion. I think that would have been a good risky move because I don't think I don't think he would have been confirmed because the votes aren't the votes aren't there because yeah. Republicans just would not let him go in. Um I'd have but I it don't would agree. give him political... You don't agree? I don't agree. Not if President Trump is putting him up. Not if President Trump is the one that's nominating him. Well, because see, Obama's that, not putting him in. That President does Trump make is. sense to me because you look at look what Mr. Kavanaugh's record. Who... I mean, how many Republicans have come out and gone, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I don't like this guy. Yeah. And how many Democrats have, have to instantly... As before we knew anything about them, they instantly started firing back at him just because, literally, I think it was Elizabeth Warren or it might have even been Patty Murray that said that due to the fact that this is Trump's nominee, we will not vote for him. We will not support his yeah. nomination without ever getting to the hearing, which I think is disgusting and you should forfeit your job as a public servant for doing that. But I can get it, but I just don't understand where all this hate's going to go. Because <laughs> if everybody is finding stuff about this guy he doesn't like, if the Republicans are like the Obamacare, I was going to bring up in a minute, the Affordable Care Act, he actually apparently wrote a 2011 decision um, that his critics say laid the groundwork for Chief Justice Roberts to actually uphold the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act, yes. calling it a tax. Yes. And it was from him. So every single Republican should go, no, 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 no. Yeah. We don't like that. Absolutely. Out. That is so, a game. That's a game ender for me. So hypothetically, right, you put up Merrick Garland. Hypothetically, you've got all 49 Democratic votes because you've put up Merrick Garland. You've, you've or done, do you? Just because right. of the hate. I don't maybe. I don't think so, man. Yeah. I think with as much as they fucking champion for Merrick Garland, you really think they're not going to all vote to confirm him if you he gets can't, put up by President Trump. You've already right. laid it down. Yeah, hypothetically, you can't not vote for him. Hypothetically, right? Because uh-huh. that's what we're running with. Hypothetically, yeah, and then there is going to be the people that are in because at, at that point you only need two votes. You know, you only need two. One if you can get Pence on board. Yeah. Right. So if you only need two votes. How many people in the Republican Party are going to do whatever the fuck President Trump goes for? Because they're going to vote along his party lines. More than two. More than two. Yeah. Marilyn Garland is in, right? And he, by a lot of people's different emissions, is super moderate. Right. Really? And which yeah, see, as I don't he know should be to it. be on the court, right? He yeah. should not be any type of bi- – I mean – Again, I've said you can have your own political affiliations, but they should not sway the decisions that you make. And you can see in a lot of these other people's decisions that that's happened. You know? Yeah, Sotomayor comes to mind. So not only an integrity move, also a guy that probably gets confirmed in the time frame that you want because you're going to get enough people to be able to vote for him. See, I think my Everybody's problem with fucking that. Happy. You extend the hand. The Democrats then have to step up because you have reached across the aisle. You've done Man. your job. They get to start voting for you're some gonna shit. You're going to make... Chuck Schumer, 
eat crow. You know, Nancy Pelosi, all the leaders of the Democratic Word. Party. You, I mean, that is the biggest political middle finger Best in thing. the world. But Best I would thing say you could have done. I need to look into Merrick Garland's record because I have no idea what his voting record. And would I only be like. know this much about him. Yeah, so, you know, I only know this much about him. But that's hypothetically, theoretically, that's where I can get in my head that you put up Merrick Garland, a lot of this shit is solved. That is a lot of this shit is handled. I mean. You talking about an at, out an outsider coming in and flipping the whole system on its head? That's how you would do it. So that's exactly how you, that's that would be really interesting. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm gonna have to look him up. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, do you want to explain the Obamacare thing a little bit more? I gotta go pee real quick, and get some water, or uh, score well, another point if there's another. We can just go over another. Yeah, like another thing, another decision yeah. that you have written down there. Let's see here. We have. So I know there's a couple. Excuse me, everybody. There's so many. Net neutrality. Yeah, he held up the FCC's net neutrality order as unlawful. Uh, First Amendment violation of 2017's dissent. The Chevron deference is still kind of what gets me. Um, Kavanaugh's net neutrality dissent also suggested his skeptical, him being skeptical about the Supreme Court's so-called Chevron doctrine, a 1984 precedent that was the court said should tend to defer the federal agency's regulatory decisions when the agencies are interpreting. Wow. Yeah, so basically it comes down to the fact that you may not necessarily be allowed to sue for changes in, you know, I guess maybe what some would call unfair regulation just due to the fact that it's the federal government saying that that's the regulation. I don't know how you would fight that, but... um, but anyways, uh, we'll move on to some taxes because we're always interested in finding out what the Supreme Court judges think about the IRS and the IRS involvement, you know, all that good stuff. So the IRS doesn't have the power to re- regulate paid tax preparers, Kavanaugh wrote in a 2014 opinion. Such oversight would make sense, he said. This is coming from a political article, by the way. That is a decision for Congress and the president to make if they wish to enact new legislation. So I like that. I think it kind of uh, it kind of speaks to the the IRS having a little bit less power, which coming from a little libertarian like myself, semi libertarian, small L libertarian, maybe we'll go with. Sounds like good because I don't like. I just don't like all that uh, government power to be held at the federal level because, well, I mean, I think we just went over it with when we were talking about the abortion and the uh, states' rights and whatnot. Uh, So what else are we going to get into here? More Brett Kavanaugh. Reading some of his dissents here. So affirmative action. Let's read about this real quick. Kavanaugh in 1999 wrote an amicus brief on behalf of the Center for Equal Opportunity, a group that opposes race-based affirmative action in college administrations. Ooh, I remember this. And Hawaii just had a big issue with this. Um, And I want to say, what's her name? Betsy DeVos. Um, They just had a recent ruling in the Supreme Court that tackled this kind of thing about affirmative action laws applying to colleges and the fact that Depending on the implementation, an affirmative action law can be just as racist and harmful as a lack of affirmative action law. When you look at a something like a college that has 
a a standard of entry generally. You know, a an Ivy League school like Stanford, uh, which I believe recently also dropped their SAT or ACT requirement. I'm gonna have to check on that. But the <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, the fact that an affirmative action law can actually backfire when you start pushing out people that actually have you know an improved intelligence you know like uh the big thing we're talking about affirmative action um his stances on that yeah his, his stance on that in 1990 ryan he wrote a brief on behalf of the center for equal opportunity opposing race-based affirmative action in college administrations and i remember i brought up the fact that betsy devos and department of education all that they actually came down recently saying that these affirmative action laws in schools are are actually quite harmful when you look at it due to the fact that once there's too many smart people of one type of race or race or ethnicity wraith, wraith yeah that they, they you run into a problem now because now you have to start you have to turn around and discriminate against them because now there's too many of them so that's and maybe particularly, the particular sorry Go ahead. particularly with the asian population right now yeah there's a big pushback coming from the left to basically start limiting the amount of Asians that come into school because they generally test higher on their SAT scores, their ACT scores. And so you start having a bigger population, I guess. You have a bigger representation, you know, percentage-wise in college campuses. Uh, but I think that's the harmful. College should be able to discriminate off of intelligence. Oh, oh, pop, pop. Was, once you pop, the fun don't stop. Do you want one of these? Is that a uh, like B12? B pollen? B, oh, no, B12? B12? Yeah. Oh, give me some of that B12. So much energy in a B12. Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, he apparently, it well, sounds like hold on, he is kind we of... move on from Betsy DeVos, sorry, I don't want to interrupt mm -hmm. you, but Go ahead. that's probably the only thing that I could possibly credit Betsy DeVos with because she's such a gigantic piece of shit yeah. as the Secretary of Education. I'm definitely I'm, not saying that but. no because when okay just to fucking start that she wants to cut education across the board 14 percent because public schools aren't in bad enough shape as it is are you fucking kidding me dog i can't even dude, with understand. a baby on the way i can't even tell you I the know. loathing that i hold for betsy devos not to mention that her brother is eric prince of fucking blackwater fuck you betsy devos <laughs> fuck you betsy devos Okay, so Neil, you want some conspiracy? I don't. I don't whether or not you're into it. Check into that Betsy DeVos and her prince. <laughs> that's some bullshit right there. God damn Papa it, Papa Neil. That's what I call. I call that's my Papa Neil right there. I don't know how that came up, but that's his name. It's funny because you'll see his name because you were calling him Matt earlier. Because mm -hmm. that is his real name. It's Matt Matthew Aloysius. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm gonna look. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> you on. should. Eric Prince, Betsy DeVos. Yeah, her, her name was Betsy Prince, and then she married um, something DeVos, who was the head of the Amway fortune, I believe, right? That family. And now she's Betsy DeVos. Her brother is, like I said, Eric Prince, who used to be the head of Blackwater, and he thinks that the Trump administration should allow him to privatize the, the Afghanistan war to his fucking company. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck that. Uh. Yeah, no, I'm not into private wars. Fuck Eric Prince. I mean, I like the idea of them in like a fictional realm, but not in real not life. Not whole wars, bro. I not, can understand maybe you've got some private shit that needs to go down, some contract, but not an entire fucking that's, war. That's why we saying. have Rambo. That's what he does. Yeah. He goes in there, 
He gets he goes in there to save the save the little villagers with the with the mercenaries. Yeah. He said, didn't Blackwater get shut down? Numb fucking sand. No, I'm saying. Numb sand. <laughs> Numb sand. Yeah. Check that shit out, bro. Oh, I'm man. not all into, but that's that's a bad connection to have to the government. I don't like that at all. And people don't know that shit, but that's important. I mean, it's I don't see much difference in the Blackwater tie than say like the Halliburton tie during the you know Bush Cheney era. And if that motherfucker was still in office, I'd be saying the same shit. Exactly, because that's worse. You know I can't wait for a new you know an opposite president to come into power at some point whether it's in another what, what, two and a half years three and a half years or eight yeah but because i just want to be able to prove to ourselves because we didn't cover any of this stuff during the like the changeover and all that stuff we were late to the party it was before our time yeah because yeah i think we started about because uh, it was in february so we'd been in office for about a year when we started yeah but I think be, we probably covered the one-year anniversary of, of yeah, President Trump. I think so. So probably right before his one year. Or maybe that was one of the, like, the very first episodes or something. Yeah, it could have been. But it's, it's so funny because we're coming up. This is, what, 22, 22 today? So two more weeks. That's 24, which is more or less six months. Yeah. Or no, 26, I think, is six months. But that still, be, getting yeah. real close. Yeah. It's been a while, homie. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long, though. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, I don't know. We could probably wrap up the Brett Kavanaugh if you want. Yeah, so because we'll talk about him way more horse. when the confirmation hearing happens. I'm going to listen. Yeah. When Gorsuch got confirmed, we listened to like 11 or 12 hours of the 17. So I'm going to be able to do the same thing. And I oh, might yeah. be I might Live, be And then I went on, back and finished it afterwards. Yeah, I might be behind on other stuff that week. But Afi will carry that. And I'll carry, I'll carry the confirmation because I'm going to have all that information. I had... Listen, listen, listen notes when Gorsuch got confirmed. And we weren't even so recording many. anything. I was yeah, just right? writing stuff down and tweeting because I was so goddamn angry. That was just back when so. we were just having conversations. Yeah. Back in the old days. Now I'm going to run in and take care of business. Do it. So, man, during the Neil Gorsuch confirmation, I'll talk about that for a minute because I remember that pretty, pretty uh, good. One of the things they talked about for him was the ice trucker case, right? Um, and there was a lot of confusion, and not confusion, but a lot of controversy around that because that was the case of a guy who was working for a trucking company and his truck broke down, right? And he had a trailer with something on it. I don't remember exactly what he was hauling, but he had this trailer and his truck broke down and he, nobody could come to help him because there was all this snow and shit like that. That's why it's called the ice trucker case, right? And he had to wait X amount of time for somebody to come and get him. And then that came and, and he called again and nobody was coming to get him. And he got told that if he left his truck, he would be fired. But if he stayed in his truck, then he would die. So he left his truck so that he could survive and then lost his job, which in that time, you know, Neil Gorsuch ruled in favor of the company, which to a certain extent, I can understand because that's what your boss told you to do. But also, it's quickly overruled by the fact that he would have died had he stayed in the truck. Uh, so, like I said, the maybe the more libertarian or I don't know what part of me can begin to understand that. But like I said, it's, it's quickly overrun by, by that man needing to save his own life by not or by leaving the truck. So... Um, that's, that's one of the things that happened in the course of cheering it. And like I said, he ruled in favor of the company. So that was kind of a sketchy, like, decision that they had made. 
That was the Ice Road Trucker case. Yep, the Ice Trucker case. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. it was jacked up. Yeah. Because that had to do, was that a Chevron deference? Um, I think, yeah. I think, I think they maybe used yeah. that for precedent, I believe. Yeah. So, so that's the end of that. What's this? Ooh, Ooh. NATO in the UK. Let's fucking do it. Okay. NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, right? Yeah, I believe so. Ballin'. So, I don't remember exactly what day, but President Trump met with NATO. And he's talked a lot of shit about NATO for a long time because he says the people that are parts of NATO don't uh, put in the amount of defense spending as they should because there are supposed to... There's a required amount. Yeah, 2%. 2% of GDP? Overall GDP? Yeah. Um, And I think that that was just a regulation, like an agreement that got put in place during the Obama administration, right? That's Mm. Or it's because it's an agreement by 2026 to get there, or is it that they were all supposed to and now they've agreed to finally do it? I honestly would not know that right now. Well, I'll have to look into that, right? Uh Because whatever it is, there's an agreement that by 2026 they'll be at 2%. Right, that's how it yeah. stands right now. So when NATO first started, let's take a little trip back in time, and this is like a fucking history lesson for the day. Okay, so when NATO first started was after the League of Nations, right? And the League of well, Nations, League of Nations, United Nations, and then NATO was formed. Yeah, d- yeah, like yes. Cold War era. But it still happened after the League of Nations. Yes, right? not absolutely. directly afterwards, <laughs> but was afterwards. So League of Nations happened first after World War One, right? And a huge thing that they did was pressure Germany to pay the millions of dollars of reparations that they were supposed to pay for World War One. Mm-hmm. Right? Germany, obviously, their economy was destroyed when they lost World War One and did not have any money to pay to anybody. So nope. they're in massive debt for a super long time. So then the UN comes around, right? And then eventually uh, NATO comes around. And this is what NATO's after World War Two, right? Yeah, That's, so it was uh, during the Soviet Union yes. era. Because yes. essentially it was it was started to help kind of defend the rest of the world or the Western nations. To block out the Soviets. Yeah, to make sure they the communists didn't gain a foothold. Yeah. And that's why after the breakup of the Soviet Union, a lot of the, the Baltic states and stuff like that that were formerly members of the USSR were joined into yeah. NATO. So it should be mentioned, right, when mm-hmm. NATO was first established... America took a huge foot of the footed a huge amount of the bill, which we still do because, and we talked about this in, in maybe not in the pre-show, but beforehand, right? That at the time that that NATO was established, Europe was arguably the most unstable continent on on the planet. Nineteen forty nine. So that's a lot earlier than I had anticipated. So very shortly after World War Two. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that means they're working on the legislation probably as it ends, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> so, so like I said, it's understandable that at the time America's the only people that have, we're the only country that has money because our economy was hugely like boosted by World War II. You know what I'm saying? That was amazingly good for America. So we're the only country that has money at that time. And that's why we footed so much of that bill, right? Yeah. And that's not for me to say that. It, I don't think that people should be paying more money now because Europe is pretty established now and there's a lot of trade and a lot of commerce and a lot of money that's made in Europe, right? Oh, but, yeah. But I think that it's disingenuous and ignorant to to not take that into account as to how we got here, right? Because it's not like they came in and they just said, oh, well, fuck America. They'll just handle everything, right? Because President Trump says, oh, well, I just – you know, I don't understand why – 
you don't want to put in this money, but then expect us to come and save you, you know, if something happens. Yeah. First of all, that's the precedent that you have set as America, right? That's the precedent we've set by being involved in everywhere. It's that if something happens, we'll be there. Yeah. That's you have done that, right? And maybe not President Trump himself, but yeah. as the leader of America, as the president, you have done this. And I'm like, and I'm definitely not going to argue against that at all. Um, I'm just going to say here real quick, just to uh, go over the original Western nations that established. There was 12 of them that established yeah. the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. Boom. Got them. And so just to remember, too, it's a... It's a collective self-defense coalition against Soviet aggression. That's yeah. what it was founded for. And the original nations were the United States, Great Britain, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Denmark, Italy, Luxembourg, Norway, Iceland, Canada, and Portugal. President Trump bitching about Luxembourg. There's like 12 people there. I know, man. Come on, dog. Come on. I know. But, I mean, there is some validity in his problem with NATO. Absolutely. And that's the problem that I have is the fact that, yes, these these more or less westernized countries now need to kind of up their ante. Yeah. Because it is 2018. We haven't had a great war like that since World War II. I mean, you could probably just let's say the end of the Cold War, just to put that aside. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's plenty of time for all these economies to get up and going, blah, 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 blah. And... The fact that there is no more Soviet Union, I mean, I, I guess you almost, you could put Russia in that adversarial spot now. Yeah. Which is what NATO basically is still there for. It's, and I don't think that that's a bad move. I don't think so either. You know? But I do see the validity in, in asking these other nations to up the ante again, to, to, to follow the lead. I mean, to continue to put more money into this to show that you are as serious as everyone else. And... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I just think it's being handled the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely, because I and I because I agree. I agree yeah. that it is totally reasonable to ask them now that there are more established economies, more established countries. Totally reasonable to ask them to pay more money, yeah. right? But not but the not immediately. Trump way. And if, like I said, if there's already an agreement in place for them to have it up to two percent by 2026, it's it's unreasonable for them to do it overnight. To go yeah. from whatever 1.1 percent in Germany or whatever it is to two percent overnight is ridiculous. Uh -huh. That's that's unreasonable, right? But for them to do it by 2026, they already. I listened to a BBC today that they they had their like secretary of economy i think on there and they said she said we have a plan in place that in two years we'll be up by 20 percent, and then in six years we'll be up by 80 percent, and uh -huh. then we'll be there like we'll be golden you know so i i just i think it's unreasonable to like you said to go at them like this you know yeah. and to threaten because i'm not afraid that nato is going to break down right i'm not afraid that the, the organization is, is going yeah. to implode but to and that's something that should be noted that it, that is a narrative that is being pushed that you should not listen to. NATO is not going anywhere. We no. are not withdrawing from NATO. No. In fact, President Trump, while he was there during the NATO conference, all of a sudden changed his tone than he did over the last, you know, two years on the campaign trail and as president. Like he said he's you know, he's I don't think he said he was proud to be part of NATO, but it was something along that lines. Yeah. And I, I think that was good. But uh he does need to start changing the rhetoric up because Geopolitics do not happen overnight. Changes through geo, you know, through geopolitics around the world. So you're talking big governments of big nations, all kind of having agreements and treaties and and talks to try to keep this thing alive and to keep everything flowing the right way. 
and I think from a was twenty twenty six was the the date twenty six. Now is that specifically for Germany? No, I think that's all all the partners in NATO. Mm -hmm. That was just Germany's plan specifically. Twenty twenty six is less than ten years. I mean, it's It's eight years. It's eight years from now. I also think. Sorry, go ahead. In the grand scale of geopolitics, is is that flick of the switch that Trump is talking about? That is the flick of the switch in the geopolitical timeline. Absolutely. So I don't see the problem here. It does continue to happen, and maybe. I don't know. Maybe you could bring in some kind of auditing, you know, some kind of governmental audit where you can look at how the the nations that are contributing are spending it, make sure everything's being done, all the money's being spent the way it, it is uh, originally intended to. Yeah. But okay. still, I mean, just because the dollar amount isn't where you want it to be right now doesn't mean that it's not going to be there in 10 years and that that growth period of 10 years is... Or eight years, I guess. I shouldn't uh, shouldn't embellish that. Um, but it seems perfectly feasible to me. And I don't see where the fucking problem is. And when but, you're talking about you know, um, looking at where the money's going to like almost like put in, and I, I got two points, but what, to almost a point like, like an inspector general for NATO to make mm-hmm. sure along this process that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be. And I don't think that's bad at all, you know? And if, yeah. it's the same idea as like a. Same idea as President Trump being so upset about Robert Mueller, right? If you got yeah. nothing to hide, what are you so worried about? Don't worry about it, right? If you're doing your shit, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. You're right? already president. Go ahead and continue to run the country. Yeah. How you feel, you know, is yeah. is necessary. And then when it comes up, if it comes up, if you're clean, you're clean. You got nothing to worry about. Just continue to roll. It doesn't matter what your approval ratings are. Right. Why do you have? Why do you feel it necessary to sit there and push back against this whole thing all the time? Makes you look fucking guilty, dog. I also think... Um, I like that. It makes you look fucking guilty, dog. I I well, yeah, because you said <laughs> I'm trying to steal one of your lines. Um, I also think that, just to take it back a little bit, right? I also think that it's important to consider, and maybe this will bring us over into the other part of this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to consider, with Brexit approaching, the EU is is at risk of being very unstable right now. Very You much. know what I'm saying? Nobody knows what's going to happen because... The way that it works, the way that Theresa May's plan is going, that's the prime minister of the UK, the way that her plan is going is that they're still going to abide by some like trade laws and agriculture laws with the EU, right? And the other guy who just quit, what's his name? Boris Johnson. Johnson. Among others, too. Yeah, he's one of three. He wanted a clean break from the EU. I don't, okay, so let's take it back a little more. For those of you who don't know what (laughs) Brexit is, right? Brexit is. It's a cessation movement. Yes. That's Brexit what it is. is a vote that happened in the UK for them to separate from the European Union, for them to be their own deal instead of this like quasi-world government. Yeah. Well, I don't even know what really to call the EU. Um, but I mean, a, a trade pact or, a, or something like that. I'm sure that I'm sure there's a formal name for it. I just don't know what it is. So fact check. What's the formal name for the EU? But um, so and the UK did vote to do that, right? So there has been a plan over the last two years since the vote happened to try and decide how they're going to do that. Whether it's going to be straight up, they're not going to deal with the EU at all. They're going to be a whole separate nation and just do exactly what it is. Or if they're going to still have some connections with them, still abide by some of those trade laws. Um, the Maastricht, I'm probably going to be pronouncing that wrong, but the Maastricht Treaty, formerly known as the Treaty on European Union. Worked. Signed in 1992. I mean a name for like the structure of what it is, is what I mean. 
Like well, I don't think you can really call, I don't think there's you can really call it anything other than a quasi maybe a regional government system. Yeah. I mean, it, it's essentially a a federal government that looks over nations who act more like state governments. Yeah. And then again, then you have like the the provincial and the state governments within those nations. And so there's this weird kind of federal type system governmental system that is the eu that oversees all these countries yes and dictates especially in the agricultural department what they can and can't do and what they have to do and it's all this weird weird and very very intrusive stuff that that pulls so much sovereignty away from all these nations that are part of it and the uk voted to leave it yes right so that's what's been going on with them for the last two years and because of that i don't i think it's super unreasonable for to demand for it to happen so quickly no one knows what the fuck is going to happen yeah the uk the eu is the uk's biggest trading partner obviously Mm -hmm. right because as a whole there's fucking like 10 countries in it or whatever so it's you know ridiculous it then is crazy especially man with the way that he is to i guess jump into this topic right the way that Donald Trump has been talking about Theresa May and her government and the way that she's running things. She's fucking scared, man. Yeah, she doesn't she know if America is going to help her up, right? She's, I don't, from what I hear from the BBC, right? She's not actively, she has no reason to be actively concerned that she's going to lose power right now, right? But soon. But, but it's possible if this doesn't go well, right? Mm-hmm. And if she is, is sitting in whatever her home is called, right? Whatever palace that's called, whatever, Windsor Manor or Oh come on, you got Binden this. Manor or No, there's no manor. It's oh shit. What's it called? Downing Street. Oh, that's what it is. No, no, I'm talking about the place that she lives. Downing Street is the parliament that's the building. Office, yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about there's also a name for the place that she lives. Hmm. Um, it's it's like Benham Manor or Bingham Manor oh, or something okay. like that. I heard I just heard it this week. I just okay. can't remember what it is, but I'm gonna look it up um, while you talk. Anyway, if she's sitting there and she doesn't think she's gonna have any trade partners in America, you know, why She's scared, dog. And I, this isn't helping at all. This is not helping that. Threatening all these tariffs on stuff and telling people that you're, you know, you're not going to come to their aid if somebody comes and attacks them and, you know, maybe we'll come, maybe we won't. And, you know, I don't, how? How can you expect anybody to make any type of decision when you are ensuing that type of ins- ins- uncertainty into the global economy? You know, I, how? That's, that is ridiculous. I could see that. I mean, I would say, though, that a lot of this, a lot of her problems with her political party and the way the parliamentary structure is built in the UK right now. Yeah. I mean, when they decided to hold this referendum and have the people vote for Brexit, remain or leave, I don't think anybody there really actually thought they had a chance at winning and it was one of those, oh, shit, now we have to get our act together. Yeah. And it was only what? You only had two years from and, the day it passed. Yeah, and that's till, why it's coming yeah, down and to it's, the wire. It is really coming down to the wire. And you're essentially rewriting every single trade deal you have, every immigration law that Everything. you have. You are starting a nation almost for, over from scratch. Yeah. Because one I mean, of the it, oldest ones in the modern world. Yeah. To, you know, not to be lost in any type of of fucking shade or scuffle that's one of the oldest ones in the modern world and to put it i think boris johnson when he left he tweeted out a copy of his resignation letter yeah to as he put it dear Teresa. 
So he knows, you know, he's on a first name basis with the PM. Obviously, he was the foreign secretary, I believe. I think so. Which yeah. is the equivalent of our secretary, secretary of state. And the reason he told a story. Everybody's a secretary in the UK. It's like when I described my frustrations as mayor of London in trying to protect cyclists from juggernauts. I don't know what that translates to. I want to say it's like buses and you know big ass vehicles and stuff like that. People getting run over and shit. Yeah. Uh, he he as mayor ran into a roadblock by the EU, uh, looking at some kind of weird you know weird bylaws and stuff like that that didn't actually allow him to make the changes he need he felt necessary in his own city as mayor because it was a violation of eu policy and so that was one of his main turning points to get out of eu yeah because you once you're involved in the eu you forfeit so much national sovereignty and how you have say and how you run your own fucking country (laughs) That you're almost not even a nation anymore. Yeah. You're more of a state that has certain powers, but the federal government, for lack of a better term, has more power over them. And I think that was his frustration. And then once all this stuff kind of started boiling up, they realized that most of all the trade deals that they're involved in now, which aren't that which are hurting the British economy, or I wouldn't even say hurting. We'll just say it. It comes from a more fundamental standpoint, I think. Yeah. You, I don't think you necessarily need to argue numbers, but by not having a simple situation like being able to put bike lanes in with, you know, I don't know what exactly he was looking for, the but guards or whatever, without being able to do something like that as layer of your own mayor of your own city, that is a huge reason to leave, in my mind, because you're forfeiting all these, all your sovereignty. You know, I keep saying that over and over again, but I think it's so important to realize. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, look at Greece. Greece went totally bankrupt, and the EU more or less had to bail them out. And so now Greece is run almost solely by the EU now yeah. because they forfeited all their power. So, well, you obviously can't run your own country, so we're going to step in and do it. Portugal, for example, can't export half of the seafood that they, they catch and stuff like that. They have to only consume it uh, locally, I want to say. I could be wrong about this, but they don't have say in what they can and can't export when it comes to agriculture and food because because the EU makes those laws. Yeah. Yeah. Portugal was one of the original members too. Okay. But, uh, well, and I think, so I see the argument, but man, you would have had to have a plan going into this because like I said, you are basically recreating half, if not more of your entire nation's policies. And I'm good. And I think, to be able to pull the trigger on that and then be able to try to make it all work within two years, not having a game plan to start. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I think just to tie it back into like a little bit of President Trump and NATO, I think that it just shows his lack of experience, intuition. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Everybody. Oh, they're calling you. Uh, no, that's the alarm for the, the harmonic. <laughs> um, uh, I think it just shows his lack of like experience and intuition for geopolitics yeah. for him to not even be able to consider the situation of what's going on in the EU right now. Yeah. It's yeah, I don't crazy. think he has any handle on No. They're both sowing discord. The UK by doing this Brexit thing and President Trump by putting so much fucking pressure on everybody in the EU to try and bend them to America's will while they're trying to figure out how they're going to exist if UK leaves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I that's ridiculous. I it worries me. Because I have a lot of family in Europe, and they're tied into the EU, I believe. 
I'm going to have to look and see if Sweden's a member of the EU. I would imagine they are. Um, but, I mean, there's a lot of people that are the equivalent of migrant workers that are all over the European Union. That's part of the deal is if you're part of the European Union, you have to sign on to this immigration policy that allows foreign workers to basically come and go as they please. You can work anywhere within the EU, yeah. which is amazing for the economy. But if you start to take more of a nationalistic approach to how you want to secure your borders and all this, kind of the direction that the, the Trumpians are pushing for America, if you want to have more control over your own immigration policy, I mean, that's a huge deal for, for sovereignty. I mean, if you can't make the calls on who's coming into your country or not, I can see where the problem is. Yeah. Which I think is the problem with a, a, a regional global government system right now. Is we can't fucking get along as it is now. Right. And I think you're, you're going to have – we have this weird kind of populist, nationalist resurgent that's, that's really sprouting up all over the world. Partly, I think, thanks to Mr. Donald Trump himself, President yeah. Donald Trump himself. But it's not healthy, man. None of this stuff is healthy. And you shouldn't have even – and I hate harking on this again because it's kind of like hindsight's twenty twenty. But you shouldn't have even had a referendum unless you had a full-fledged flan plan that you – I keep fucking up my words today. Plan, flan. Um, but it, you should be able to walk up there with this stack of documents or something like that and said, okay – this is our plan for leaving. Let me get you the highlights. Yeah. And now you guys go out and vote whether you think you want to do this or not. But, yeah, I think I think in very short order, Theresa May will be put out of power because a lot of the hardcore Brexiteers are bailing on her now. Yeah, but they're all part of the conservative party. From what I've heard from like the BBC things I've listened to, that's not that's not the that's case. Not the case, no, okay. because it, they need like twelve percent of Parliament to be able even to put up a vote. Only twelve? Yeah, I oh. believe that it's twelve. Um, and and then whoever was being interviewed, I remember who it was, said that if they get twelve, that's the only thing they're going to get. You need more than twelve to actually get her out of office. That probably so, helps. It probably helps the fact that it's a parliamentarian situation, parliament, yeah, yeah parliament system. They said, there's more and more parties than just the two. And they said that I'm sorry, I'll have to listen to it again. But whoever it was that was being interviewed said that they think that this hurts Boris Johnson because he left, you know, because he was in a position to try and do something, and you know, whether or not he said that he couldn't do anything about it, now he really can't do anything, and yeah. what he can't come back because nobody gives a shit. He just he just left, you know. Yeah, so I get I get more of a feeling from Boris Johnson just knowing what we know about him. Yeah. He's very Trump esque in his personality. Well, yeah, they even his looks, best the, friends. Yeah, the fucking hair. Yeah, I mean it's weird. He's the British version of Donald Trump, but. I think it's, he might be one of those Andrew Breitbart-level characters that is yeah. so hard one direction that he thinks that he'll be safer if he leaves now and say, well, they're not going to play my game, yeah, and so I'll get out, and then he'll get his own constituents. Maybe he'll make another run at Parliament or something like that. You never know. But I think that's probably – I think that's honestly his only road after stepping down like this because yeah. – this was your gig, and you're not going to see it through all the way just because you're unhappy with the way it's going to turn out. Ah, I don't, I don't get down on that, man. Have a little bit more backbone and support, and what you apparently believe in, right? You know, fight for it all the way. But I mean, that's kind of the extent of my knowledge on that that whole thing, and it it's been happening slowly over two years, 
And so you just get little bits and pieces. The best place for it is obviously the the BBC News podcast for people like me and you who just comes out. And, how long are those episodes? Twenty some minutes? Uh, no, they're usually about an hour. About an hour. Yeah, but it's a good. I listen to News Hour. I like that one better. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm usually hitting the uh, the global news version. New hour, news hour is better. Okay, I'll I'll add for that us, to it's, the queue. It's, it's more legitimate shit. They're mm-hmm. not no puff piece or anything like that. It's more like actual news shit. Because I always end it at the puff piece. Yeah. Because I don't Me like too. listening I don't to the puff piece. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah, that's it's all gonna I have be on. something to watch, man. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting because I. We, I would be curious to see if any more people are going to bail in the coming months, and then yeah, that uh, that time that date when they have to have everything agreed to is coming up quick, and I yeah. don't think they're going to have next to anything together. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll be watching it, so you guys don't have to. Faux show. So let's we got your back. Move on to pop culture. Let's do it because I got. I mean, we can only do some of this shit. We're going to talk about Peter Struck next week, so you can listen to some of the hearing and stuff. That's gonna and I'll be listen fun. to more of it. Yeah, we we can talk about that when uh, yeah Morgan and Jacob are here. Oh yeah, that'll, that'll be, be a good, good one. Yeah. So let's see. Do you want to talk about Elon Musk or Kylie Jenner? Oh, uh, I want to talk about Elon Musk. Also, Chrissy Teigen. Man, I know some of these things. This is nice because I didn't necessarily do research on this. Yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's start off with Elon Musk. Okay, so, we talk about the the Thai cave. Yes. The soccer team. And- yeah. So okay. um, this one, this one's pretty quick, right? So the we talked about it a little bit last week. The soccer team that was trapped in the cave, they're all out, right? Mm-hmm. They're all good. Everybody got saved. One of the divers did. One of the Marines did die. So that yeah. is super unfortunate. Like he said, um, I do not remember his name, so I apologize. But I, I'll look that up and we'll we'll tweet it when Tuesday comes around. Okay. Um, but. So that did happen, right? And when that was going on, somebody reached, not anybody important, just a regular person reached out to Elon Musk and asked him to do something if he could. Um, and so he started to design like this little submarine thing out of the fuel tanks from one of the old rockets and was making it so you could put a kid in it and take him out. And people started to talk all kinds of shit because I know because he was posting videos of it on the internet, and there was one person who said that he was hoarding money and resources from the rest of the world. Yes, I remember seeing that very well. That pissed me the fuck off. Yeah, and I'm just trying to find the the guy's name real quick. I can't hear nothing anymore. No, you can't hear nothing. Uh, Let's just do a little audio check here. I got good levels. Turn off on there. Oh. Here we go. I, we go. I muted. Now I can hear. Now you can hear. Hey, we just learned something today. Don't yeah. mute the computer because you can't <laughs> hear anything. <laughs> okay, so we're. I just had it. Um, Petty Officer Samen Gunnan. There you go. Lost consciousness on his way out of the cave complex. Uh, yeah, he had a uh, a problem with his air supply. I guess he ran out of air and just he didn't make it. So we. Yeah, they lost one. I think he was a former Navy tie diver. Yeah. And sacrificed himself in the pursuit of getting every one of those kids and the coach out of the cave. And they did get them all. Yeah, and they got every single one of them. Nobody was hurt. They were malnourished a little bit, obviously, but they were able to swim supplies in and stuff like that early yeah. on and were able to keep them in relative good health. It was, it's, I mean, it went from a hopeless, like, you know, just terrible, heartbreaking news story to one of the most uplifting uplifting stories yeah and we really needed that today because <laughs> we need good news stories to come through yeah but anyways go ahead 
Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, they just shit on him, and there's no reason to. I mean, because he yeah. he's just trying to help like people ask him to, and he was even corresponding with people in Thailand. And oh, he like, posted the email, to, yeah, back ask, and forth, and, asking him to keep working on it and shit. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, the girl that said that he was hoarding money and resources from the rest of the world. Are you fucking kidding me? I had a conversation with Carolina about that because we talked or we watched. Um, Philip DeFranco has been covering that pretty well. The whole situation from start to finish, including the Elon Musk stuff. Yeah. And I got the impression that most of these people that, that argue for, you know, the, against the billionaires and they have all the wealth, they're hoarding all the, all the gold like a dragon, all this crap. I don't think they understand how, what it really means to be a billionaire. Like, I don't think Elon, uh, Elon Musk might, but I don't think he has necessarily a bank account. A personal bank account where he has billions of dollars yeah, no, in that's, it. that's his net worth. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's not him hoarding all of his gold. He's created hundreds of thousands of jobs, I believe. Yeah. And if not, I mean, at least tens of thousands of jobs. At least tens of thousands. Yeah. I mean, with all the companies he started and then all the businesses on the outside that do business with his businesses. Because he started with that's PayPal. That's how this works, man. Yeah, because he started with PayPal. Yes. That's where Elon Musk started. And how many people around the world have benefited from what paypal is you guys are going to paypal us money for t-shirts that's right hopefully wink wink <laughs> nudge nudge <laughs> but uh yeah I, I don't get those arguments mostly because i just i see them and i usually just regard them as somebody that just doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about yeah because it doesn't make sense if you understand how economics works and how business works somebody's net worth if they're worth billions of dollars it doesn't mean that they have billions of dollars sitting in their bank account that they just hold on to right it's not how that works, man. He probably has... I mean, Elon Musk is Elon Musk. He might have a billion dollars in his bank account. Maybe. I don't know. But it's a fraction of his actual net worth. Yes. And that's and it goes for everybody. All those billionaires. But anyways. Yeah. I think that's... That's that was pretty much one. all I can say. <laughs> right. Um, so do you want to talk about Kylie Jenner or Chrissy Teigen? Okay. So Kylie Jenner, because I'm just pulling this out of my ass right now. Kylie Jenner, it's the, is it Time Magazine piece? Forbes. Forbes Magazine, which named her, or she's soon to be the next self-made billionaire. The youngest self-made billionaire. Yeah, yeah, okay. Next to, right now, the current record holder is Mark Zuckerberg. 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 And she's been getting a lot of hate because of this. I hate her. You hate her. There's that. I hate her, too. But I like, okay. I think it was, I think, again, I'm just going to say Philip DeFranco. I'm pretty sure he was the one that put this seed in my head. But it's one of those, I don't like you necessarily. I don't like what you're doing to make all your money necessarily. But I respect the hustle that you've done to get to that point. I think that I don't. I also (laughs) learned about this from Philip DeFranco, right? And I thought it was disingenuous that he thought that, you're talking about whether or not she's self-made is nitpicking, right? Because I don't, we've talked about the Kardashians before, right? Yes. And not I think a fan. that to argue that any of them are self-made is disgusting, right? Not in the President Obama sense that, you know, everybody gets help from somebody at some point, but you know what I'm talking about. I right? do know what so you're I talking about. So I don't want to get super deep into, like, all of the Kardashians, right? Yeah. But I just... But we know why they're famous. I think regardless of the argument about her being self-made or anything like that, right? I think that is a disgusting reflection of the values 
of so many of people in this country. Right? Yeah. That's the problem that I have with it um, is that people are so willing to endorse all of this type of behavior with the family, with everything. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, I, ju- I just think that it's gross. It's I that, that, that cult it's, of personality. Yeah. Which is just – or the cult of celebrity, I should say, not personality. No. But just because – I mean, it all started with – I mean, it really blew up with the sex tape, right? Yes. That's what started it all. I mean, she used to just be Paris Hilton's friend. Yeah. And then she fucked Ray J mm-hmm. on a video. And right. And then it got released to the world. And then her mom was married to Bruce Jenner. Mm-hmm. Right. And well, that happened before that. But, um, and then, you know, they got this TV show and they started a clothing line that doesn't exist anymore. Or maybe a clothing line, but the store doesn't exist anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. That they used to own. The store doesn't exist anymore. And, they have just had this TV show and started other companies and married other famous people up until this point. And I think that it's disgusting. These people are famous for no fucking reason. Yeah. And they just sit back and they profit off of their fame. Off of being fake. Because to yeah. uh, the argument that any of those people have not had plastic surgery is just yeah. fucking ludicrous. And, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. It's just the whole game oh, that they're involved in is disingenuous. Check the live stream. Check the live stream. Yeah. Stand for. So I just I just think that it's disingenuous. You know, like I said, I don't want to get too super deep into the Kardashians because we've talked about them before. Um, and Chrissy Teigen, I want to save that one for next week because I want to talk about sports. Um, but to take us into sports, right? So the NFL record for a field goal is 64 yards. By Matt Prater when he played for the Broncos because the shit's so high up that the shit carries. Um, and I saw a video today of a kid in Spokane kicking a 67-yard field goal, right? Whoa! So then I looked it up because I'm like, that's pretty wild. And I read an article that said that probably a lot of NFL kickers could kick 67-yard field goals, but they don't get the opportunity because who's going to try for a 67-yard field goal? It's yeah. not worth risking three points. So yeah, no. um, so that I understood, but it still was fucking rad that if that dude is – I mean, even if he's a senior and he can kick 67, if he can stay healthy – Dude. He's got a good long career in the NFL going. Yeah. You know, because that thing was right down the fucking bar. So, yeah, no, it was beautiful. Um, so, that's what I have. For, I'm sorry, where was that though? I missed that. That was in Spokane. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. That's so cool though. Some, some junior talent. Yeah. You got to keep an eye on him, man. That's a future fantasy pick right there. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> find what his name is probably because he's a high schooler, but yeah. um, it was still, it was still cool. Um, and then the only personal pop culture that I have this week is uh, that I finished watching The Jinx, which I'll talk about because that's a longer discussion. Um, but then we started watching Boy Meets World. <laughs> we found Boy Meets World on Hulu. Oh, and boy. And so we just like put it on you know, while we're doing shit. That's funny. It's awesome. There's like 11 seasons of Boy Meets World. It's wow. rad. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're in a, only in like season two, but it's awesome. Boy Meets World. I got to have to look at a picture of that just to remember what? who's in it. Oh, Afi. Boy Meets World is rad as fuck. Because yeah. that, was, that was 90s, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Who oh, you've definitely that? watched. I've definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah Boy I Meets World, that. dog. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What was that guy's name? Corey. Name? Corey Matthews. And then his friend Sean Topanga is his girl. And Topanga? His, yeah. Oh, shit. What's that? Topanga? Topanga. Know what I'm saying? That's great. His brother's name is uh, Eric. What's the actor's name? Fred Savage. Fred Savage. That's right. There it is. No, no, no. His name is Ben Savage. His brother is Fred Savage. <sighs> Got it. Fred Savage was in the Wonder Years. 
okay. I think that's the show that he was in. I uh, must. But again, Fred Savage was a child. I'm crisscrossing today, man. And that's Fred all I'm Savage about. does a lot of producing. He's done some episodes of It's Always Sunny. Fred Savage has. Wow. Yeah, Fred Savage is a is a different. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, he was Got a child it. actor. He, you could probably look up whatever show he, he was, was in. He was in Princess Bride. He was the kid. He was yes, the sick kid. Yes, yes, he that's is. Right. But he was also in a in a show on TV. You should, okay, that's the picture of him in the show. So whatever, Fred Savage, Wikipedia. Here I there come. You go. Yeah, I'm investigating some pop culture. Yeah, <laughs> it probably says what it. Yeah, acting. Twilight Zone, Crime Zone, Princess Bride. Let's hear it. The Wonder Years. Oh there my is. god! How fucking good am I? Kevin Arnold, 1988 in The Wonder Years. How fucking good am I? That's what received I'm two about. Glo- Golden Globe nominations, huh? For outstanding lead actor in comedy series. He's a baller. I mean, if you've seen that, because uh, Jordan watches a lot of Family Guy, right? So, have oh you my God. seen... I'm not to interrupt you. Go. Morgan said she has every episode of Boy Meets World on DVD. That's the greatest fucking thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Oh, um, of course she does. That's great. Yeah. I don't know why, but that doesn't surprise me about you, Morgan. Oh, my God. That's the greatest <laughs> thing that I've ever heard. I love that. That's so cool. Do you have any, like, old school shows like that that you have, like... All the episodes or something like that. Oh no, there's one that we're collecting. Have you ever seen the show Nip Tuck? That's not an old yeah. show. Um, so yeah, I, I used to be super into that. That's for a while. like my favorite show, right? So it's a, it's a trip. Yeah. Um. So we are collecting that, and then I have Robin Big. I have seasons one oh, and two yeah? of Robin Big on oh, DVD. Damn. Yeah, I have those. Um. And. But that's it. Yeah. So we were watching Boy Meets World, which is fucking. Do you have any? I got a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. My my biggest one that I'm working on now is everything Tony Bourdain has ever done, ever. Yeah. So I have a good amount of his books now. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'm working on getting the comic book he was involved in. There's a whole nother line of fiction books that he did, like kind of crime-ish type of books. Yeah. I have his, Carolina bought me his DVD set of the original Cook's Tour the one Words. that really put him on the map. Yeah. And then I have most of the No Reservation DVDs. And I don't have any of the Parts Unknown DVDs. But as on my Amazon digital library, I have like probably 90% of them. So I'm slowly trying to get there. I want physical copies of everything when it comes to movies for some reason. Yeah. So eventually I'm going to be buying those. Um, but like Simpsons is another one. We were just slowly kind of getting a season by season by season as we slowly watch them. Um, and I used to be super, super into anime. And so I have a ton of anime series in like all my movie binders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a bunch of episodes of uh, or a bunch of seasons of Nip Tuck. Um, NCIS, the early ones. Really? Um, a bunch of the 24 series. I used to love 24 with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good for Jordan's a long time. Jordan's mom has the biggest crush on Kiefer Sutherland. Well, I mean, he's a handsome man. <laughs> I, I got nothing bad to say about that whatsoever. Like, stand by me, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's a throwback. Yeah. That's a good movie, I suppose. I need to watch that movie again. Yeah. Word. So, so that's what I have. There's some other stuff, but we'll talk about that next week. Are you ready to move into sports? Oh, do you have anything pop culture this week? Are you sitting here watching the movies, right? No, of course not. Come so, on now. I did see that George Clooney apparently crashed his motorcycle, and that blew up the international news for oh, like three me. days. <laughs> I don't know why that man is so stupidly famous. I mean, he's a decent actor. 
He was an ER for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think but so. God, there's this cult built around him that is, I just don't get, man. Maybe I just don't get it. I don't know. But yeah. that, yeah, that was uh, one piece of pop culture news I realized that uh, popped up, people cared about for some reason. But my understanding is he's okay. Maybe. I should probably look into that some more. I certainly hope he is. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a good looking dude. He does a lot of good charity work, I think, too. Uh oh. Looks like the camera is sideways. So oh, good lord. What is going on today? Who knows? I'm really sorry that I'm trapped <laughs> back here. This is what happens when we keep trying to do these live streams. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do this. Let's just do this for now. Oh, we have The Office. That's the, the other office. thing. Yeah, we have some seasons of The Office. My wife is right. Um, Jacob says that he has Lost. He says, I've seen every season like five times. Okay, so check this. Lost, right? Mm-hmm. Let me fucking... Okay, and then next week you're going to come in here and defend yourself, Jacob, because fuck you, right? <laughs> so, Lost, all right? I watched Lost up until... Spoilers, but the shit is a thousand years old, so if you haven't seen it, then also fuck you, right? So, when it comes to Lost, all right... I was all into it when they're like in the bunkers. Have you seen Lost? No. Okay. So it doesn't matter then. So they <laughs> fucking find these bunkers and they got to put all these numbers in the computer and do all this shit. And, and there's all these different bases and secret shit going on and, and the others and this, and this fucking tribe of people that's killing people. Okay. I'm all on board, right? Once you're telling me that they're in a fucking parallel dimension and they're going back in time <laughs> and they're doing all this shit because the island is like in the Bermuda Triangle or some shit. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> fuck you. Not answering any of these questions, just copping out. Lost I, is bullshit. I have heard some very contentious views around Lost. It's probably why I never really wanted to get into it. Then it's kind of old now, so I, I don't know. You gotta um, come closer to me. And I have no time. Coming in hot. We're just going to scooch over. Yeah. And okay, so that should probably Some be a little happened. better. My cord is caught up here. Oh. And I'll be, be right over. <laughs> there you go. Look at this. This is the live stream making it work, man. Yeah. All right. So it's unfortunate we don't know how to do this better. We're working on it, people. Yeah. Hang with us. <laughs> we tried to bring you video content as early as possible, and this is called Growing Pains. Yeah. This is what happens if you listen like to the first like 10 episodes of the show. Got a little rough sometimes. It's a little dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I got no pop culture. I'm good. I mean, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I did watch uh, a bunch of those Philip DeFranco shows that where he covered that kind of stuff. And so I was uh, semi-familiar with that, which is nice. What's <laughs> We got the gauntlet thrown down? Um, yeah. Morgan <laughs> said, fuck lost. And Jacob said, I remember being wrong once in life. <laughs> <laughs> No. I remember when I was wrong once. I like the way that, not to call you out on the podcast and on a live broadcast, Morgan, but I love the way that she spells my name. It's That's even more complicated. Is it, is it magical? I spell my name. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at it. It's balling. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, so, do you. I appreciate it. Um, so, that's like <laughs> the last thing I think that I have as far as pop culture because Lost is weaker than shit. So, we'll talk about oh. that next week. So, are you, are you Shots fired. To- are you ready to move into sports? Sports. Sports. All right, let's do that shit. So, all right. <laughs> Before the live stream fails again. Yeah. So, the slowest one or the shortest one. So, uh, Bengals Corner uh, fucking – I forgot to write down his fucking name. But I know Pac-Man, Adam Jones. Okay. Um, he Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, he fucking took off Antonio Brown's head two years ago in a champ- or in the, like, the playoff game mm-hmm. and destroyed his shit and then tried to say that he was faking. 
fucked up. Anyway, Ooh, so ouch. he's in the airport. Some guy calls him out, tries to throw down with him, and he fucking throws hands with a dude in an airport that works at the airport. And oh. that guy got charged with two counts of assault against Adam Jones. Not Adam Jones because he's defending himself. Yeah. But the guy that attacked wow. him. Wow. Yeah. That shit was wild. That's insane. Uh, why people gotta be like that, man? I don't know, and I like I saw the video, but I couldn't tell what the discrepancy was about. Just that, just that you know it was happening, obviously. Yeah. Um, and some throw hands and shit like that, and um, so that was cool. And I mean, <laughs> so now it's sideways. Okay, now we're good. Okay, I just yeah. pulled up live streaming, and I was like, oh hey, what's up? Yeah, we're gonna have to pull some pictures, miss, because we've been sitting here didn't take no fucking pictures the entire time. We got pictures. Carolina took some nice pictures. Yeah. We'll but yeah, we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll cut when we, we close and we'll pretend like we took more so pictures. <laughs> I'm pissed. Anyway. Um, so, God damn it. I got a couple. We're yeah. Good. So the next thing we'll talk about, Brandon fucking Browner, right? Do you remember Brandon Browner? One of the OG members of the Legion of Boom? No. All right. So he's a corner. I remember that. Actually, I think my brother had a jersey of Browner. So he's a corner, right? Okay. Um, so he got arrested after a police chase, right? And he was wanted for kidnapping, false imprisonment, burglary, grand theft auto, and uh, and now he faces life in prison, right? Yeah. So he broke into his ex-girlfriend's house and threatened to kill her and I believe assaulted her, stole a watch that's worth 20 grand, and then fled from the police. Bro. Yes. Just do better at life, man. So Don't be a pile of garbage. He's been arrested a couple of times in the last year. Um, so we'll fucking, you know, we'll see what comes of that. Yeah. But um, the next thing that I have, uh, Cowboys corner Marquez White was charged with second degree assault with a deadly weapon. Um, I That's the only thing in here that I did not look up. So I'll have to, I apologize. But that is a thing. So I'll but have to. he was to, charged with it, not. Yeah, yeah, he was charged with it, so I'll have to look up the story on that one. But the big one that we can talk about, LaShawn McCoy, right? Okay. And you may even have heard about this if you watch Philip DeFranco, um, that <sighs> this yes. is a big story, right? Where one of his ex-girlfriend's friends posted pictures on the internet yep. of his ex-girlfriend who had got her ass beat, mm-hmm. right? So the story comes out that she's calling out LaShawn McCoy saying that he did that to her. Yeah. Right? Among a number of other yeah, allegations. Yeah, also said we watched you fucking beat your son and beat your dog and use steroids, you know, for X amount of years and use yep. all these needles and whatever. Um, and so he obviously comes out and says that all of these claims are baseless, like that none of this is correct. You know, none of these allegations are true. Mm-hmm. And so then a little bit more details come out. <clears throat> Like the 911 call came out and stuff like that. So somebody broke into her house, not LaShawn McCoy, because he's in Florida at the time and this house is in Atlanta, right? The house that okay. she's living in that's owned by LaShawn McCoy. Got it. Right? So somebody breaks into the house, assaults her with a pistol, asks for some jewelry that she says LaShawn McCoy had asked for previously that was obviously his, yeah. um, and then fled out of a second story window by a sheet because... And this is where the allegation comes. Oh, well, he didn't go out the front because LaShawn McCoy probably told him that we had cameras. LaShawn McCoy did this. LaShawn McCoy sent this guy, right? So then even more stuff comes out that the police have been called to this house three times, right? The first time a year ago, LaShawn McCoy is standing outside in front of a pile of shit, right, that is out on the front lawn, like clothes and and jewelry and stuff like that. And the cops come and he says... 
I'm like I we broke up and you know she was living here and I asked for some jewelry back that I got loaned to wear to a party and she won't give it back to me right and you know I'm concerned that she is going to file some type of you know she's going to say something that's not true about me assaulting her or that she's going to take some of my shit like I'm concerned about this mm-hmm. a year ago he says this it's in the police reports but Sean McCoy said that He's concerned about it, and he's especially concerned about how to deal with it because of the history of domestic violence that's prevalent in his profession, right? He wants to be super careful. This is expressly written in the police report a year ago. Wow. He wants to be careful because he doesn't want shit to get fucked around because he knows what it looks like for a football player, right? Wow, so, that's really – that's a good move. Yes. So the third time the cops are called, it's because she's out of state and she sees people at the house taking stuff out of the house on a security camera – LaShawn McCoy, to separate himself, asks some of his family members to go to the house and take his stuff out so that he can be separated from that. The cops tell him he has to leave all the stuff because he has to take her to court and evict her, right? Uh-huh. So I believe the first time the cops are called, he started the eviction process, okay? So here's where it starts to get even a little bit more sketchy. The day that these pictures got posted, both their lawyers were supposed to be in court over her being evicted from the house. Oh. So... I'm not saying that I don't believe anybody, but I'm not going to automatically assume that he did all these fucking things because somebody said that he did. Somebody that he's in an active legal dispute with said that he did. Yeah. Right? Where there is a history of very, very bad blood. Yes. And I think that not to bring this, you know, too wide, but that's like one of the, I think, scary things that's been impressed by the Me Too movement is that you should just automatically assume that. And that's not me saying that people shouldn't be believed. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to automatically assume he did all of this shit when some woman who doesn't like him anymore is saying that he did. When he's not in the fucking state, he's actively trying to say he wants to separate himself. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Doesn't want anything to look bad. He's concerned that she's going to bring up some allegations like this. Yeah. Why would I automatically assume that he did this? Or that he's behind it? Because we should always assume innocence until proven guilty. So that's where I'm at with this. And I think for anybody to look at it any different is... Fucking un-American, dude, because how is he not innocent before proven guilty? Especially, like I said, somebody who doesn't like him bringing some shit up. When you're already in a very, you know, harsh legal battle. Active, active legal dispute. That is garbage. Sketchy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, that, uh, I think Phil did a pretty good job presenting that, knowing the fact that he... We don't have a lot of the facts right now. We don't have a lot of details. We have a lot of accusations, and that was it. But it sounds like a lot more has resurfaced lately, and I think that's pretty good. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get to the uh, bottom of the story here sooner rather than later on that one. It sounds like he's trying to be very, very careful and has been trying to be very careful about this. And so I have a feeling that a lot of his ducks are in a row and all of his business is legit and Hopefully, it doesn't turn out to be, say, a friend or a family that a family member or something like that that took this upon themselves to go over and fuck somebody up to yes. try to prove a lesson, you know, without his knowledge. Exactly, because that is, you know, one of your one of your people going to do something on your behalf that you did not sign off on. It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's a really shitty situation. It sounds like I agree. Word. Um, so that's the, oh, I have one more thing. A lineman for the Jaguars, Marcel Darius. He's being sued by a woman in Texas who said that he had sex with her while she was unconscious and gave her an STD without saying anything. 
Oh. Yeah. He, she said that they were like all at a big party where there's like cocaine there and drugs and alcohol and shit. And um, then she like blacked out, but remember being led down a hallway to like a bedroom and now has a had now has an STD and says that it's from this guy. Mm. So I'll have to watch that one develop. But yeah, I just heard about that. I think just like today. That's so, ah, man. so we'll it's see. So tough. You know, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's all that I know. I haven't looked up anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna take that for what it is. But wordism. Yeah, it's very very smart, man. Just listen to it, intake it, wait for more details. Because you can't jump to conclusions on every single one of these type of stories because you don't know who the fuck's lying. Yeah. And especially in a profession like the NFL or something where there's a lot of money to be had. And we, we know that there's a track record of, you know, gold digger type situations. And yeah. You should never, ever jump to conclusions. And we, I, we just do that way too much. I think it's that's one of the, un, like you said earlier, it's one of the unfortunate byproducts, I think, of the, the Me Too movement. We've gotten a lot of shitty, sleazy people <clears throat> pulled out of the industry and pulled, you know, and not necessarily held accountable 100%, but at least it's still better progress than there was. There, Some of these people are showing or being shown in the public eye for the scumbags they really are. Yeah. But there's also the other side of it where you can't just automatically assume every single allegation about somebody is factually correct. Because... Why, at that point, do we have any kind of due process of law? Yeah, because they haven't always been correct. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's unfortunate, and hopefully... I, I really hope it tur- it turns out all right for that guy, though. Yeah. Oh, also... The first guy. Not that. Also, DeMarco Murray said that he's going to retire, which is sad. Yeah. Um, that he's 30. He's been in for seven seasons. He's 30. Um, yeah. I am older than that motherfucker, and he's retiring. Yep. Wow. Plays for the Titans. But his so, body is probably 20 years older than mine. Probably beat to If fuck. not more than that. Yeah. And so, especially his brain. But that's that's all that I have for sports. Sounds good, buddy. Do you have anything you want to add to it? No, nah, man. Uh, oh, FIFA World Cup is going down. I should have probably pulled this up a minute ago. Yeah. Um, but the just to see the scores. But I was kind of hoping there was a Belgium-France game. And this, my fucking phone is going so slow. Belgium-France game finished out. France finished on top. And then you had the Russia-Croatia game, which was... I was really hoping that Croatia would win, but I didn't really have high hopes considering Russia. And now we're going to be moving into the World Cup Finals this Sunday, I believe. Yes. And we're going to be watching a match go down between France and Croatia of all countries. So excited. I'm really rooting for Croatia. It's at 8 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do the math on that for the East Coast, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock on the mm-hmm. East Coast and wherever else you're at on the other side of the globe. I wish I could help you, but I don't know what time that is. <laughs> Either way, watch out for that. Yeah. It'll be a fun game, I'm sure. And I think with that. I'm ready to close now. We'll that's all I got. To, to cut out the live stream, too. Word. Um, so... Let's see. So, you know, Colin, at, at this point, I I believe that the robot falls under the finder's keeper's law of America. Robot? Okay. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm going to start hanging out around Elon Musk then. 